Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Weekend Big Weekend Gaming Podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergot for episode 70 for Sunday, the 30th of January 2022. In this week's show, we'll be discussing not one, not two, but three new Star Wars games announced by Respawn. Atari hitting a new low with NFT loot boxes. Our 1995 Game of Summer the Year feature on platforming classic Yoshi's Island and my pitch on how I will save Sony after their acquisition. Can you hear the crickets after in the background? Mi- yes, I can. After Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Let's go for a third take, boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh. As always, I'm joined by Mike. Hey, wow, what a sense of deja vu. (laughs) And Swinney. Why, hello there. Now that we pay you as the social media manager, why don't you promote our socials, Mike? Damn right. So, you you people, got to point to the camera, better join us on bigwoodpod.com as well as any of the big major social platforms. We got Twitter, we got Instagram, we got YouTube where you're probably watching this. (laughs) We got OnlyFans. We got Pornhub. We all got right, all right, all right. channel on everything. Right. Come join us, Big Wig Pod. See you there. I'm fully supportive if you want to do an OnlyFans and Sweeney and I can profit off it. Okay. Yes. Just just don't show us any of the content you put on there. I don't want to know. Uh, I could swing the other way, Sweeney, but uh, just like, we've got no hype, no corrections, and no community. Is that right, Sweeney? Oh, uh, wow. Just zero across the board, just you, like our dignity. Just did crickets. You put because we've been doing a question of the week, anecdote of the week. Did you put blank of the week in there? Or I did didn't I? write that. Oh, okay. I didn't write that. <laughs> I didn't do it. That's really funny because I was like, I was thinking of changing it to blank of the week and you've changed it to blank of the week, but I must have changed it to blank of the week. <laughs> and I've forgotten that I did it. And, and your mind just goes to me changing it to something that I would not think of. No, but I just thought like, what a coincidence. It's amazing. <laughs> If it was up to me, that wouldn't even be in the run sheets. So. Yeah, I have an anecdote, but it's so bad. I don't think I want to mention it. It's, yeah, pretty dark. I'll, I'll mention it after the show. Tell us. No, no, bring no. it up. <laughs> it's about Chinese New Year. So, like, we celebrate Chinese New Year. And there was a conversation. I won't say who, but there's someone had a conversation that it's like, you have to say Happy New Year to get a red pocket. That's the rule, hmm. right? With What's children. a red pocket? A uh, red pocket is like a little red envelope with money in it. Right, and okay, traditionally yep, 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 what you give, yep, right? Now, Five, yep. ten, twenty bucks, whatever. Yep. And you have to say Happy New Year or Gong Hei Fa Choi or whatever, you know, in Chinese. Okay. And the conversation turned to, but <laughs> this kid is disabled, they can't speak. So I guess we wouldn't give him a red pocket. And I'm like, no, you definitely a thousand percent give them a red pocket. Even that's the rule. I think the rule is with the caveat: if they if they cannot speak, you just give them a bloody red pocket. Yeah, like is what? Just all throughout Chinese history, if you if you can't speak, you're mute. You never get a red pocket. Like uh, pretty much. Pretty, no I think I, they're wow. pretty brutal. They're pretty brutal. Wow. So okay. I think yeah, we're we're just <laughs> so yeah. I think that's the the yeah. What do you call it? Like the awkwardness of the week or yeah. the cringe yeah. of the week? The do we have a question of the week? No, will you ask one now? No, I don't have one though. Oh, you were so good on the stump. That, that was his question. Is there a question? Yeah, that was my question. Oh, then I answered. Yeah, so no, there's no. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. <laughs> let's get into what we've been playing. <laughs> so, what have cool, you been cool, playing, cool. Mike? So, I've been playing a little bit of Yoshi's Island. Well, is it, okay, which like, is Mar- which? Now, ha- wait, 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 wait. 
Swinney, do we want to know if he's played how much of it now or in the segment? No, let's just well, wait. Let's he, just just, wait. he just said a little a bit. bit. He so let, let's, a little let's, bit. let's wait until we get to the This segment. week I played a little bit, but yeah. I could have I could have like been at 95% of the way through yeah. and I only or had 5% left to play this week. Could not have hmm? been. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. Point is, stay tuned because we're going to have a segment on Game of Some Other Year and Yoshi's Island is it. Yes. Exciting. Now, the other thing I played... Mm. Is is a game from a series that I'm I'm a big fan of. I played all of them to death. I collected every single one of them. What's your favorite generation? My favorite generation is the pink one <laughs> from po- Pokemon Pink, pink. and <laughs> Purple. It's like one of the few colors they have in the I have no freaking idea. Anyway, obviously I'm kidding. I'm not a big Pokemon fan. Look, I, I played Pokemon back in the day and I played on and off a couple of other of the games. But I think I kind of got a bit over the formula. And for some reason, actually I think I know the reason why. Because it was cheap. I decided to go and get a copy of Pokemon Legends. Arceus. Arceus? 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 I think Nintendo wants to call it Arceus because I don't like the Arceus. Arceus. Ar- Arceus. Of Arceus. So, Mike, I just yeah. quickly, I just have to ask you, you alluded to it then about why you purchased this. So, I know <laughs> yeah. that, A, you had absolutely zero interest in Pokemon. Yes. B, yeah. you thought this game looked like crap in the early and it does. stuff right? and you've been shitting on it since C it... you've talked about before that you don't want to buy games just because of FOMO <laughs> yep so what yeah, I, I totally brought all rose... those rules <laughs> no, other than it being cheap like surely okay, it wouldn't have okay, been okay, cheap, okay. cheap but there's okay. plenty no, of no, games no, no. that are cheap no it was I know, I know so so honestly it was a challenge so I wanted to find out if it's possible to, to go to Target next door to EB Games <laughs> buy two copies of FIFA 21 for five dollars each then take it to EB Games and buy the game for twenty nine bucks. And there's I no other games. The challenge. There's no the challenge. other games you could have proven that on, or was it only but this not game? Two that games that cost five bucks each. No, you so, could have because they were doing like that what? deal for uh, Horizon Forbidden West. It was like yeah, shit. Maybe I should bucks. just use it for that. <laughs> Elden Ring was twenty nine. Wow, I used it on this piece of shit instead. Anyway, I <laughs> I am looking forward to so, getting your impression. Yeah, what's your okay, impression? So, okay, you're going to so do a whole now. impression segment, but you've now bumped it down to a. Uh, well, a I had to segment. bump it down because I only played about four hours according to the in-game counter, oh. and I think it's not really enough to give full impressions because, look. Good things and bad things about this. And all jokes aside, I think I, I bought it because I wanted to to check out Pokemon again. So I haven't played it properly for quite a few years. And the reason being that I always felt it was kind of the same formula, very similar look and feel. Whereas this is meant to be fresh and new and different. And yes, it's fresh and new and different from what I've seen. But I'm the worst person to compare because I haven't played the previous title in the series. So all I can say is... From a game perspective, with no vested interest in the Pokemon world. I don't have an affinity for Pikachu, couldn't give a shit less. I don't care about the whole Pokemon thing that much. So I'm hoping, to some extent, I have more of an objective view of the game itself. And it's hit and miss, it really is. Like, I see some really cool things about it. I see some gameplay loops that I think could be really, really fun. But I also see that... Honestly, from from a world perspective, and I'm I'm not going to even call it the graphics because the graphics are pretty shit. I'm going to call it from a world building perspective. It feels so empty and mm. lifeless. It really does. It's it, it's seriously. It's like someone took some. It, it almost feels like an asset flip of a game with 
Pokemon included in it. I shit you not. It, that's how it feels like to me. Um, so, look, all I can say is in the in the four hours that I played, I enjoyed parts of it so far. I think I'm going to keep playing um, to to really get the proper experience before I put this game down. But it definitely is not my kind of game. And one big mistake that I think that I made is I played Disco Elysium just before this. And that's, a, that's a tonal shift. It's a massive tonal <laughs> shift. It feels like I'm playing a game designed for a six-year-old, basically. The dialogue is atrocious. The, 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 the world is atrocious. Uh, but again, it's all relative. It's because I played Disco Elysium and going to this, it just feels like I'm playing a kid's game. I think a lot of people which are going to love this game, game, which really I am. I know that. But I know that there's a lot of Legit. adults that are, that are really into this. Um, and I can see why they'd be really into this, but it clearly is not my thing. Um, I'm going to see if, you know, if, I, if I continue playing with it, if it keeps intriguing me. But at this point, yeah, it's, it's, it was a mistake. I should have just gotten Zero Dawn instead. Anyway, that's it. So, Intigot, what about you? Well, just on this game, though, I think one thing to flag is mm. it's different for a Pokemon game, but that mm. doesn't mean it's a very different game. I think for someone who's been playing, you know, Gen 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, you know, etc., then this game is like, wow, this is a total, you know, shaking up of the formula. Mm. But, you know, if you actually put them side by side, they're still very close together. The battling works roughly the same. Um, you know, it's probably not that much of a change for most, you know, folks like you. It's just like, oh, okay, this game's okay. It's not necessarily the greatest game of all time or anything like that. Um, I don't get the reviews, man. It's been reviewed really, really well. I mean, look, I, different courses for courses, but courses for courses? Courses, courses for courses. But, but yeah, just it's different things appeal to different people. And this, this shit just does not appeal to me at all. It really yeah, doesn't. I mean, I, the, you know, the reviews know are, for a fact. they're reflective of the commercial nature of the reviews and also human nature as well. Right. It's hmm. like they'll allocate the person who loves Pokemon to do the Pokemon review. That's yeah. what IGN did. Like, kind of makes I, sense, I think. not having a go at her at all, but like she loves Pokemon hmm. like to death. Right. So of course it's like, if you give Swinney like the latest Assassin's Creed, he's going to like it. A lot more than you and I. Right? It could also be more critical, though. But, uh, hmm. I, but I think generally you wouldn't be, right? Like, hmm. I think you're already into the series and everything like that. So that's always going to skew the numbers. But that's why, like, you know, it's important to have different voices. So, yeah. But would you say it's a bit of a mindless game? Like a good D, you know, like I like these chill out games where it's just like, oh, okay, I don't have to use my brain that much. I can just like live in that world. Yeah, so far. I mean, the part that you have to use your brain is just to remember what type of Pokemon is effective against what other type. Other than that, so far, in the last four hours, it's basically just been a bunch of fetch quests. I mean, when you think about Pokemon, Pokemon is a giant fetch quest. It's go fetch every single Pokemon in the world. Yeah. And then within that, though, this is what I hate about games like this, is... Like, who the, who the F actually even writes these things? Every single mm. character so far that I've gone to... Oh, can you get me one of these things can you go get me this oh can you find three of these things it like it's so uninspired and dumb i don't even get it they, <laughs> no it actually shits me because a big franchise like this with so much money behind it has so much potential to innovate and create a really cool rich world and if i think about a game like you know swinney and i were sort of briefly chatting um xenoblade or which was on a, on a previous platform no less or if you think about something like monster hunter world on on the switch, Man, that, that world Rise. is 
sorry, Monsanto Rise. That world is so much richer and detailed, and you actually want to kind of go and explore and, and see stuff. Whereas mm. this just feels like it literally feels like something, and this is ironic because I know we didn't do any games last year, that a full on amateur developer could put together. It really feels like that. Yes. Anyway, enough of that. I don't think people uh, want to hear more about it. No, but... I've got a question, Mike. Would you rather play this game or play Harvest Moon One World? <laughs> oh, this is this is definitely better than that. Okay, okay. No, you, know, you know what? You know what I hate? I'm playing this and I kept remembering that game, and that's a problem. <laughs> it's a freaking problem because you know how much I hated that game and how much I thought that was just such a such a shitty attempt at. at that kind of a game mm. that it's sad that I'm playing this and it keeps reminding me of that game as, as opposed to reminding me of something really cool. And by the way, I feel like they were trying to get inspired by Breath of the Wild in a lot of instances to the extent that some of the noises that the, the main character makes yeah. are feel like a full-on rip. And when you actually uh, throw, a, um, throw a Pokemon at a, at a tree, for example, to collect the items from the tree, the sound that it makes also reminds me so much of Breath of the Wild. You, th- you throw Pokemon at trees? Yeah, you have to. So in order okay, to collect okay. stuff from trees or stuff, uh, no, no, that's stones fine. or whatnot, you got to throw a Pokemon. It's a bit different, yeah. Swinny. Like the Pokemon can attack Pokeball, your yeah. player and your player can take damage. Oh, yeah, no, I was just yeah. wondering, just the idea really of like different. throwing a Pikachu at a tree was just very humorous. Well, you me, throw the yeah. Pokeball and then and then Pikachu comes out and then he hmm? buzzes Pitch, the tree. <laughs> Pikachu, he buzzes the tree and okay, then... Okay, fair enough, fair enough. The shit falls down from the tree. Sweeney's <laughs> like, I don't want to yeah. really hear this. But... <laughs> no, it's just like, did he mean to say Pokemon? Yeah, look, like, I don't want this The violent be... act of throwing, like, a Pidgey <laughs> or whatever at a tree is just humorous. That would actually be kind of funny if they did uh, that. So funny. anyway, look, give it, a, give it a go if you want. Not really. Not my thing. Yeah. I think I already know I'm just not going to like it. I, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to playing, because, you know, I've got the analog pocket playing the, you know, original, you know, Pokemon Crystal with my kids. If they're into I... it. I think I'd almost prefer those for some reason. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're mm. just simple games, right? You, you so. should have got the remake of the, the ones they put out recently rather than this one. Yeah, I didn't Live like the learn. way that they were running. I know they're Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, I think mm. they're called. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the way that they looked or ran. So, But anyway, that's why I skipped them. Uh, for me, a lot of uh, Ghostsoy games, so Earthbound and Chrono Trigger, man. The old... Well, not even old school. I, I almost... Yeah, we'll cover it next week when we talk about it, but... I need your opinion on that kind of stuff, Swinny, with RPGs and grinding and stuff like that. Fuck, it's driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, so I rolled credits on that. Uh, Ooh, that's a freaking wow. cool game, man. Like, I totally... I'm so glad I paused on that game, came back to it. You know, thanks again for Capcom sending through the PC code. And like, and the know, goodies. Yeah, and the goodies. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, man, really that was that sick. Stuff. Yeah, we'll have Pay to chat on the next time. <clears throat> <laughs> well, it's <clears throat> being honest, right? Um, but yeah, that game's freaking awesome game. Like, I know that you guys have already played Monster Hunter World, but the mobility of the wire bug and everything, it's just so sick. Um, and I just kind of looked at it, and you, you'd be happy with this, uh, Mike. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, I don't need to play more of it. Like, I could seriously spend another 100 hours playing mm-hmm. that game, but it's not going to be, you know, anything revelatory. You know what I mean? It's... It's a good relaxing game. Like, I, you know, you get good at it, so it's just kind of like you're just in the zone and you don't mm. have to think so much, which is cool. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to move on. I'm going to retire it and put it down. I'm not going to 100% it. I'm just going to say that's enough. And, you know, maybe I'll play Monster Hunter World next. Uh, Death's Door, I flagged last week I was playing that. Mm. I retired that game. 
Um, I'd, yeah, retired. Retired. No, this new, this okay. new term, retired, mm. is, is an interesting one. Well, I mean, what's that to rise? I don't even think I, I finished that game. But yeah, I retired that store because I didn't just, continue. It's just like, just yeah. makes me think F- in finishing it. Just or? makes me think F Zero, you go off the track and retire. <laughs> no, it's, from, it's more uh, how long to beat. They have that category, retire. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just that store didn't grip me that much. Like, okay. And I'm That's just kind enough. of like, honestly, I just don't have that much time to game. So I need to like be so optimal. I swear, I need to put a swear jar for every single time you say that in a podcast episode. But it's true. I've like by the end, we'll yeah. we'll be able to go out for dinner. And when I say it offline a lot. So. But you have a lot of time to game. I literally well, I don't have actually. Like, you don't, don't. What do you do? I like, have a lot of things going on. We I'm need not to gonna talk about them on the podcast. But yeah, I I would shit. say I don't like the idea of downplaying someone else's. <laughs> It's I, like, my time is more precious than yours. I can do what? that. You've got more time than me. You know why I can do that? Because I didn't have kids. Now I have kids. So I now I realize yeah, I had do. so much fucking time. Oh, yeah. I had it. time you out did. of the wazoo. I didn't even fucking no, realize. No, I, I have time. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm in a point at the moment where I can't allocate all the time to games like I could before. I, I hereby dub the episode Time Poor Part Do. Do. Okay. Do. Uh, so yeah, Death Door sadly retired. I did want to mention it as well that... Hmm. They show the DualShock symbols. If you have a DualShock controller, everyone needs to do that on PC. I get that so cool. pissed when they I see, like, that. press A. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have a fucking A button on a DualShock controller. Uh, my new game, mindless game that I picked up is Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. I thought you'd already played this Yeah, game. I thought you played that to death. I <sighs> thought you, re- you retired it. it. Get it no, right, Mike, guys. Mike, get no, it right. Mike. I played... Age of Calamity. No, no. Indigo, that's not what I'm asking. I thought you played Definitive Edition. I played it a bit, but I want to do more in a more. Okay. No, yeah, I I knew it wasn't Age of Calamity. You're on it, you're on it, you're on it. And Age of Calamity is definitely the better game. So if you're going to get one of those games, I'd get Age of Calamity. Um, But it's it's a cool game. It's just a mindless game. You just go in, kill a thousand, two thousand enemies (laughs) each turn. It's just madness. It's awesome. And hmm. the big thing that I want to mention this week is that I actually went back to Mario Rabbit. Ah. So, oh yeah, hmm. this is cool. I'm a huge fan of Mario Ra- Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom <coughs> Battle. Um, XCOM Rabbits. And I always had the DLC, so Donkey Kong uh, Donkey Kong Adventure DLC, but I never went into playing it. So I'm like, oh, you know what? That's there. I feel stupid for. I literally have two copies of the game because of it. I got the regular copy with no DLC. Then I've got a copy that had the DLC included in it with the idea uh, to sell the other copy, and I never did. That's funny, because I own three copies of this game, and I've never played it. So it's Look, uh, this wow. game is so good, man. Like, Have you played it, Mike? I can't remember. Yeah, I have. I okay. enjoyed these kind of games. It's I, I so really cool. wanted to get into it, just wrong time to play it. Yeah, don't have enough time. It's really cool. I understand. Um, you got, but, dude. If you don't, if you only have a few hours a week, you gotta, you gotta pick your games. You gotta pick, pick your, your battles, battles. Pick your battles. Uh, Which yeah. is why I play shitty Pokemon. It, speaking of battles, this is this is a very this is like a very good introductory tactics game without being insulting. That's the way mm. I look at it. Like I, I hate when people go, "Oh, this is baby's version of a tactics game." I don't think it's that extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ultimate challenges at the end of the game, they're challenging. Like, they're good fun. Like, they, you know, no, no walkovers. Um, so Donkey Kong, was Donkey Kong Country in the main... Uh, sorry, Donkey Kong a character in the main no, campaign? No, not at all. Okay, not okay, so all. he's new in this DLC. Yeah, so ah. it's funny. You've got, like, the... And this is the way that I love when people do DLC. You've got the main game, and then you can independently start this DLC. And it's, like, a different campaign, not necessarily totally attached to the main game. 
and you have to build up your skill tree and everything independently. So the only carryover character is Rabid Peach. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you can... Like, so with um, Kingdom Battle, the main game, you can pick, like, up to ballpark from memory, like, eight characters. So, like, Mario or Rabid Mario, Luigi, Rabid Luigi, etc. Whereas this is Donkey Kong, Rabid Cranky, and then Rabid Peach. Like, they're Rabbit the main characters. Cranky. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, awesome. the, and, like, the, like if, if you haven't got this game at all and you enjoy tactics games, I'd highly recommend getting the, you know, because they have like the game of the year edition or whatever it's called that Uh comes with the code for the DLC. DLC is awesome. Like, I'm not sure if I'd pay full dollar for it, if that makes sense. Um, But it's freaking cool. Like, I started playing it last week and I finished it this week. And it's probably like about 10 hours long, which is also a really cool length. Um, So was this to help towards your resolution of your completion percentage of the no, games that you bought? No, no, no. Okay, just, so it's just a random... No, like, I'm going to play this random I can't, game. I can't show it on camera, but... Huh? Like, I'm just, you just play a game just because it's fun and you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, not for the show. What? Not for anything. No, it just, felt, it just felt like a random thing to... Like, you hadn't brought it up at all, so I thought it, you kind of went out of your way for that reason, that's all. What I would say, though, is I probably could have bought some other game. I was going to start playing Ori and the Will of the Wisps because mm. I loved the first game. Mm-hmm. Um... And I will get to that, but I, I looked at my Switch library and I'm like, I gotta get more. Like, just gotta get through more of the backlog. Like, there's a whole bunch of games coming out this year, and like last year was for me kind of light. Like, there's some games yeah I'd be into, but this year there's genuinely, like, like it could be like up to ten games. And I'm like, shit, I'm probably gonna end up playing and or buying. That I'm like, wow, I've gotta like stop buying games because I know I'm already gonna buy those games. And just start getting through the backlog. But on that, Swinney, I do have the question, like, should this contribute to my total in the uh, numerator as a game that I finished? I think that's up to you, really. I don't know. I'm a bit torn on it. I was thinking almost like a half, a half game. Why half? I can't buy half a game. Mm. I think if you own DLC, then maybe it makes sense that it, it, like, if you don't own the DLC for a game, you've, you've already completed your collection. You don't have to go buy the DLC because... It done, mm. You know, like, I think if you own the DLC, I think it makes sense. But also, mm. at the same time, it's your resolution. You know, if you... Mm. I honestly, that's that resolution is such a... I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I'm like, could I actually do that? And I literally couldn't do that. Just really? like, Well, but just look at, literally look behind me, right? Mm. The amount of games there that I haven't played is insane. No, but the resolution is like the amount of games I'm buying versus the amount of games I'm playing. You know, okay. I'm still buying games that outweigh the amount you're playing. I reckon you'd easily do the resolution. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll add it a half a point. Because I did specifically buy this game a while yeah. back. And it is independent. So it's an awesome game. Like, Swinney, ha- have a crack just playing the first part of the game. It's a really fun game. It's a really, really I, fun I game. Played, I, I played <laughs> the, uh, quite a bit of the beginning parts of the game. And you know when you say that it's it's it, I don't even I actually think it's almost more complex than something like what I remember XCOM used to be like. So I clocked XCOM. Yeah. Um, I even I think I even clocked the original XCOM way back when, and I almost think that had some certain parts about it that were simpler in a way than this game. So it's not really like a, a an introduction to this genre. It's quite in depth with what you can do with this game and the yeah. strategy behind it. Yeah, look like I love the battle system of the game. I, the only thing I would say is most tactics games allow you 
to be either an aggressive player or a more defensive player and build up your position, things like that. Hmm. This game, all out, pretty much pushes you to offense. Okay. And if you don't, you'll start dying all the time. So hmm. in that way, it's like more one-dimensional. Also, just with the character mix, it's sort of... It's the way, you know, it's pretty much impossible to stuff up. Whereas in other games like Fire Emblem, you can go get too many of one type of unit and you really screw yourself up in the late game. Whereas this doesn't okay. have any of that. It does have more dynamism than a lot of tactics games with the interaction between your team, which is uh -huh. awesome. Like you can, you know, in, in uh, Donkey Kong Adventure DLC, you <coughs> can actually pick up other characters as Donkey Kong move and then throw them into a different position and then they can then move from there so it's like becomes very tactical as mm. to like who are you who you like it's almost like you need to follow the same pattern of like moving rabid peach then uh you know donkey kong and then cranky can bounce off other characters and stuff so yeah it's awesome it's a really really cool game awesome dlc i okay. totally understand why it got like 85 the main game and like around 82 on metacritic which is fairly decent for a game like this so but yeah, Swinny, what have you been playing? Yeah, so just like you, some Ghost Boy stuff, replaying Chrono Trigger for the first time in, God, probably since like 2000. Wow, um, that's awesome. Replaying, you know, Yoshi's Island as well, of course, for the feature this week. Mm. But the game that I put easily the most time into, and God, was it a lot of time, this week was RP Golf Legends or RPG Golf Legends. Or RP Golf. However you want to say. <laughs> Can I just say quickly, Swinny, before you go on? That I was listening to another podcast where they brought this game up and they literally mm. had the exact same conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Actually everyone who, who says the words are like, fuck, how do you say this? Yeah. Um, RPG of. Yeah, so basically it's, you know, I mentioned it last week, Zelda golf crossover, basically. So it's an action RPG of golf elements. I was going to go into it a little bit more depth this week but we may i may actually end up reviewing next week simply yeah, because we had we had a lot of features this week so we just want to make sure they have the t get the the time they deserve um but the one thing i will say is that i had i spent so much time in this game because i had one of the an experience i probably haven't had since i was a kid which is not knowing anything about the game in terms of its secrets and finding everything mm. you know obviously i'm hunting down i'm playing the game but i'm also hunting to get all the achievements there was no information about this game anywhere on the internet. So I'm checking not only the forums on the Xbox side, but also the PlayStation side. And even on the PlayStation side, people are like, we don't know where all this stuff is. I start posting stuff on the, like, your true achievements. People are referencing what I'm saying on the PlayStation <laughs> PS profiles. Awesome. But when we don't have, neither of us have, like, accounts on each side. That's so awesome. I'm, like, referencing what they're doing and they're referencing. And... I did end up finding all the secrets and I, you know, helped the community back by putting a lot of information uh, up there on True Achievements now. And it was, uh, yeah, it was good. The first time I've, I've got the first completion in the game. So wow. I was really happy about that. But so uh, I'll you, talk... you, were for, you are the reigning Chemco champion now. We can I am now the reigning Chemco champion. And I, but I think, look, I think the other person probably still would have had difficult, as much the same difficulty I would have had to find everything. But... Also, this game is $45, which is $20 more than any other Chemco game that comes out. Mm. Um, it's not made by Chemco, it's made by Arctic Net. Um, yeah. But, so, a lot of money, so that person's probably like, I'm, I'll probably get this on special. So. So, but like, this feels different. You know, this doesn't feel like a typical Chemco game. It's, got, it's nothing. Yeah. So, they're just publishing it. Like, again, mm. like, saying a Chemco game, 
yeah, anyway, I'll, yeah, I'll reveal it. It's not an EXE create. It's not an EXE create. No. But they didn't make no. it. So no, I will, I will come back to this next week. And, so. and now the drama is where is it going to end up on the tier list? This is the intrigue. Mm. Exactly, exactly. This is the uh, hype. There is hype for this episode. There's Kemco hype. <laughs> we actually say the, the word Kemco this week. Um, so the other games I've been playing, so there's three of them. Um, well, some of these I played last week, but just, you know, there's only so much time we can dedicate to everything we play. Um, some Game Pass games. So mm. it's part of my resolution to try out every new game that's added to Game Pass that I that haven't you're played. you're interested in? No, not that I'm interested in. It's just the, the exception is, like, I'm not playing EA Sports titles when they add those in. Okay. That's, that's the only exception. I'm playing any, like, God, one of the games on here, I had no interest. I still played it. So, all right. So the first game is a one. game called Paparazzi. So this game, actually, Paparazzi. when I started it, I was like... This actually game looks pretty cool. It's basically hmm. like um, a Pokemon Snap, but it's you've got free movement, so it's not on mm-hmm. rails or anything. You go around these different levels, and you've got to be- meet different objectives by taking photos of dogs. You've got to, like... I didn't get too far into it to see how crazy it gets with that, but the concept is actually pretty cool. But the one thing that I couldn't get past... So last week I talked about the game Ember and how the controls mm. were bad. I played this game right after Ember and the controls are even worse. Like, this has Damn. some of the worst controls I've ever played in a first-person game. On the other hand, it but, looks better than Pokemon. But how does that... I don't understand how that's uh, possible. It is so bad. Like, are they I was using reading, Unity and stuff like I that? I was reading other people talking about it. They're like, it just feels so unoptimized for consoles. Who knows how mm. it plays on, on PC or whatever, but... So it's a shame because the game actually had a bit of charm to it. Mm. But honestly, look, it's probably not my kind of game, even though I do like Pokemon Snap. But I think for some people would enjoy it. And hey, Mike, it's got a double jump, so you have to play ah, it. Okay. it looks wait, like... do you unlock it at the start or you have to wait? It's at the start. Right. Cool. It looks like, a, again, like a VR game. Like, it looks like it should be in VR. Mm. Like, I can't get over these games. I wonder if some of these games are developed for VR and then it just mm. doesn't have to quite the audience there. So they're like, Shit. Maybe. Yeah, so the probably. second game that I tried is Windjammers 2. So this game has been in development for a long period of time. It's been delayed for a long, mm-hmm. uh, a lot as well. And it's a game that I've always been, I've always been keen to try the first Windjammers. So the original Windjammers like came out. Hit, yeah, massive cult hit, huge in like, there's a huge like community in France for Windjammers and stuff. So if anyone doesn't know, Windjammers is a 1994 game by Data East. And it's basically like competitive, almost like Frisbee Pong. But that doesn't do it justice in terms of how much depth there is. It almost plays like a fighting game. And it's actually, there's a bit of crossover. Like there's, there's people in the fighting FGC that actually really like Windjammers because it has that level of depth. And, you know, the characters have different super moves and, and stats and stuff like that in terms of how they play. Uh-huh. Um, so it's something I've always been wanting to try. And then obviously Windjammers 2 comes out. So I'm like, well, I'll jump in here. Man, this game, it's a bit beyond me. Like, there's so <laughs> much going on. And I think that I really need to sit there and actually just learn it more because yeah. it is one of those games where you just you get overwhelmed by the PC CPU so quickly. Um, if you, you just like, I, you watch this tutorial and still I'm like, man, I just don't really understand the kind of flow of this. But I like, I can look at it and I understand it's actually really, really cool. Right. So it's, I think, a game that you need to probably unfortunately go like spend a little bit more time than it would most other games to probably for it to click with you or if you'd understand the mechanics because like i feel like that people i don't come after me about wind jammers i don't care if you do but like i feel like that is a definition of really good design right where and and my example always with that is rocket league 
Rocket League's a game mm. where I, I've looked at my videos of my first few hours of playing Rocket League. And it's like you're competing against people at your level. Everyone's grounded. Everyone's mm. hitting the ball, right? But there's a wealth and depth of mechanics that sit underneath everything you're doing. I didn't even know you could shoot the rocket and fly in that game, right? Mm. And I, I, I look at it as kind of almost bad design of like games like this where there is such a curve at the start of the game that you feel like you can't even engage with the game early on. It's like you have to break through this barrier to actually even start the enjoyment of it. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, like it's Dark Souls. <clears throat> and it's a, like I think it's a it's a game I enjoy watching. So yeah. you know, I'll probably watch people, you know, especially streamers or like sites that I like play and stuff. But the third game, the last game I'll talk about, is a little game that came out in the last couple of weeks. Mm. That, you know, no one's talking about called uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction. Why didn't Not we play this together? We can't. Yeah, we can't, why don't uh, we we can't call it quarantine. It's, it's officially <laughs> Extraction. Um, well, look, it was out of the Game Pass, so I had to give it a shot. Mm, um, I'd play it. I'll begrudgingly. It's a co-op it's thing. A... We would play it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, look, I wasn't going to play this co-op. Fuck that. You <laughs> know, that's what it's been I, I just, I just, I just <laughs> wanted to... I got time for that. No, but the point is, like, I just wanted to just taste test the game and the mechanics <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Okay. That's all I wanted I to get, get out of it. Because, <laughs> because that was, that's the point of my resolution, is to just try games out, right? Mm. It doesn't mean I have to sit there and play them enough, honestly. <laughs> I'm not giving it... I'm not reviewing these games, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that's look... I, it's got really cool mechanics. I can't tell exactly which are lifted directly from Siege and which are brand new. Obviously, like the whole alien stuff and everything, you know, is new as a standalone game. I know it came from, I don't know if it was called Outbreak or whatever the stand, the mode that they, limited mode they put in Siege that led to this game. Mm. Um, it's just not the kind of game I'm looking for at the moment, you know, like anything that's just like this kind of like where you're replaying levels and ramp up the difficulty for rewards and anything to do with like unlocking character skins i just i'm just not mm. really interested at the moment but it looked cool like my accept is interested in that it played look it plays really well like i'm like mechanically um it's just not a game i'm really looking for at the moment so mm. that's all I'll say about extraction cool. yeah it's a really weird game right we it should try it feels very much appealing to a very strange audience who would like to play siege but do not want to play online against other people but do want to play online with their mates in co-op it's like mm. kind of seems a bit strange feels like a weird version of like actually though the thing the thing <laughs> though is that it absolutely reeks of this is a game that they're going to implement that and we'll get to this uh, soon their whole quartz system and the nft cosmetic Yay. bullshit like this game is like ripe for that it's Aye. almost like there's menu options that you feel are just literally about to appear when they're ready you know, for it, you so. know what you know what i it's one of the reasons why i reckon i stopped playing games as much i genuinely am fucking pissed <laughs> at the fact that so many of these games are not made for the sake of making a good game or making a game that that is really enjoyable for the experience for the not just the experience of the people playing it but the experience of the developers but it's designed purely with that in mind and i'm fucking pissed i really am like i don't know if i can i can well, stress it enough mike, the way the industry a, has gone is just fucked up well mike there's a segment coming up soon where we get to talk about this oh, where yeah, you shit, can where you can I'll play out then. Okay. where you can play to earn let's just keep that term in mind as oh, we yeah. was getting to a future segment 
Maybe maybe Intergot's got a bit of a hot take on that one. You know, in the in the oh, words okay. of the great uh, Sir Troy Baker, you can yeah. hate or you can create, Mike. You can hate or you can create. That is true. Well, <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, any other games you're playing, Swinny, or should we move on to the news? Other games, but let's move on. That's an awkward answer. <laughs> You asked and I answered. I'll play. say it again. Uh, is there any know. other games you want to talk about, Swinney? Yeah, or should we move on to the news? If there are other games I want to talk about, but let's Ooh. move on. Oh, uh. okay. All right. Okay. So EA and Lucasfilms Games uh, have announced three new Star Wars games in development nice. at Respawn Entertainment. Double so, nice. Number one, the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh. Number two, Star Wars bad. FPS, an all-new FPS. And a Star Wars strategy game. So this joins the Star Wars Eclipse game that's being developed by Quantic Dream. At least four Star Wars games in development. And who knows what's happening with Battlefield. Or Battlefront, I should say. I think Five Star that. Wars games in development because we've got Holy Ubisoft. I uh, forget the studio, but the um, Division studio is also working on Star Wars Hey, game, we, could, we could add oh, a wait. six because the Lego Star Wars game's not out yet. Maybe yeah, actually. that counts. <laughs> Actually, maybe I'm wrong on that one. Let me look it up. I know so, there's another Star Wars game in development. I know that I think they're working on Avatar. That's why I was getting confused. So going back to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, very well received game. You know, in the context of EA getting their ass handed to them with the Star Wars license, one of the games that you know got past that level and people were very happy with. So the game really director, good game, really Stig, good game. What, what style of game is it, Mike? A Souls-inspired Metroidvania-like <laughs> Bloodborne. Excellent. Oh, game. Sorry, I'll, con- mm. I'll just confirm that is the case. So they're working on Star Wars and Avatar, so I wasn't ah. wrong. So. Cool, cool. Oh. And the game director, Stig Asmussen, and his team at the studio are already working on the new title. Mm-hmm. In the Jedi... What is this in the Star Wars Jedi series? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, so that's why like, I yeah. highlighted that. Which is mm. weird to me because, like... So this is like Horizon. Yeah, like, I never thought of this as Star Wars Jedi. I know it's like Jedi Fallen Colin, Order, Fallen Order yeah, but, yeah. like, to think of the series Star Wars Jedi is weird because that's it's, to me like Jedi is. Knight and stuff. No one know? has yeah. ever said Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. They always go yeah. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Or just Jedi Fallen Order, you know? Yeah, it's but like, it's... there's never a pause after the Jedi. Yeah. Do, do we okay. know much about why, what? So... So this kind of game would be awesome if it had some more RPG elements like the, <laughs> the older uh, Star Wars games, but with this kind of gameplay, because the gameplay was freaking awesome, really, mm. really solid. And the other thing, though, that I hope they do in the next one is a bit more choice about whether you want to be a badass Jedi or whether you want to go more into the Sith. I feel like your, your path was too pre too determined and linear in this one which makes sense because of the kind of game that it was so i'm, I'm hoping in number two they open that up again because they mm. were sick about some of the older games i think it's always hard to do that well like there's a there's a weird line with that one it is but i i have i have faith in respawn they did a really good job with this game i love playing it i i kept getting drawn to finishing it it wasn't like one of the games that you had to retire because you got bored of it this was an excellent game i loved it yeah, I've never really heard bad things about the game. Like, the biggest thing is, like, people go, yeah, it's really good. Like, really, really good. That's the worst I've heard. Uh, with the Star Wars FPS, an all-new Star Wars first-person shooter game led by Peter Hirschman, the game director at Respawn, who has a long history with the Star Wars franchise. If you look through his bio, there's a stack of Star Wars games there. So, we don't know anything more about it than that, right, Swinney? It's like... No, but I mean, they gave us 
three announcements at once, so mm. I don't begrudge them yeah. for not telling us more about it. Um, it is like when I think Star Wars first man shooters, obviously you got your Battlefront and stuff like that, but I do think wait, is Battlefront first person shooter is that third person, Mike? Is it? No, it's it's first person. It is first. Okay, right. yeah. for some reason there's a part of me that's well, like it's it third person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, also, I was just yeah. I just didn't want to be wrong on that. But I think yeah. the, I think Dark Forces Jedi Knight to me that's yeah. like when I think <laughs> FPS. But of the, so the, <laughs> the big part with this, while they're you know actually no, it's the strategy one we'll get to in a second. But hmm. I mean respawn respawns better. Bread and butter is first-person shooters. You know, they're yeah. obviously their lineage from Infinity Ward and Call of Duty onto uh, Titanfall and and uh, Apex Legends and everything. So, if anything, you know, it's going to play incredibly well. So mm. Mm, that's true. And then, as you touched on the strategy game, so the third title is a strategy game developed in collaboration with the new studio Bit Reactor, helmed by industry veteran Greg Forrest. Some names this episode. Forged. I feel sorry Forged. for you. Forged. Forged. I feel like that's the best way that I can say. Yeah. Uh, so they'll produce the game Respawn and Bit Reactor will lead the development. So, mm. and, and I'm really, I'm, I'm excited. I know everyone hates Con- Quantic Dream, uh, but I'm excited about the Star Wars Eclipse game as well. So hmm. there's, a, there's a cavalcade of Star Wars games coming out. I mean, like, I think I'm going to get in on the Lego Star Wars game, man. I think I'm getting in on that game. So the big thing out of this to me is, oh my god, the the absolute like confidence that EA have in Respawn. You yeah. know, obviously Jet Fallen Order was was very well received, sold a lot, but to then go and essentially say you're working on three titles now, even if you're not solely developing mm. one of them. Um, but you know, the the side reports, there's reports out there saying that you know they're essentially moving any work that was potentially happening on. Battlefront 3 is now no longer happening like so yeah. basically it's like this is essentially a Star Wars at the moment which is kind of cool. nuts it's all under respawn so yeah because you know, we should just remind the audience that EA had an exclusivity deal with Star Wars essentially to make mm. games for I felt like 10 years but it, it must have been shorter than that I think it was like 7 mm. years or something like that um, and that is expired but even so Star Wars and, you know, Lucasfilm games and EA seem to still want to do a lot of business with with each other, which is interesting. Because I think some people's view was like, you'll be lucky to get Jedi Fallen Order 2 uh, following, you know, the expiration of the exclusivity oh, yeah. agreement. But yeah, look, it, it just seems to maybe they've opened it up to more people, but, you know, they're still pretty happy with EA. So mm. And Squadrons was a pretty good game as well. I played a bit of that. Like, I really enjoyed that as well. So there have been some decent Star Wars games recently. Yeah. All right, uh, in other news, we have a new Blizzard game in the works. So Blizzard have wow. announced that they're working on a brand new game in a world different from any other they've created. Mm. So the company shared the news on its website this week wait. along with several job ads. Did you say wait? Yeah, it just looks like Mike, World of Warcraft. Mike, they just, just... just... Mike... <laughs> Sometimes we have generic B-roll to give people I something know, to look at. I know. I'm putting some talking light about. commentary in here. I obviously know that. So we should do we should do training. We should do improv training, Mike. So it's okay. like there's the thing in improv. The first rule of improv is yes and. 
So whenever you see things, it's like, yep, I'm going with this. There's, there must be some sense to the B-roll. Instead no, of the, no, but this is not the right ah, B-roll. Yes, yes, but maybe the audience no, not yes, also but, like yes, and. some light yes, entertainment. And. No, yes, and. Well, they go, ha, ha, that's funny. Because that's clearly not a brand new game. That's that game I've been playing for the last 20 years of my life. So you go, yes, and I love this B-roll of this new cheetah game they're working on. <laughs> It's um, World of Warcraft for anyone that's not watching the video. Yeah, and that's the other thing with Mike. He thinks only people oh, yeah. watch the video. Half the audience listens to the podcast, poor bastards. Um, so <laughs> there's been several job ads shared on the company website. Uh, they're hiring for art, design, and engineering roles on the project. It will be the first new IP since 2016's Overwatch, which is a huge hit. Before that, mm-hmm. their last new IP was 1998's Starcraft. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. But that's like WoW was in there. I know that that yeah. Warcraft, but yeah, I get. I, I kind of almost look mm. at WoW as a new IP, but I get. You, yeah, then maybe that's right. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. But the thing is, like, you've got things like Hearthstone and and uh, Heroes of Storm. Like that's all. Yeah, true. The existing IPs kind of bundled into one. Like Starcraft. Yeah. I mean, Starcraft was born from the ashes of was it Titan, the MMO that they they were getting off the ground. That was in a new world, and then it turned into Overwatch. So, but. They're not a studio that's that well known for bringing out new IP. You know, yeah, that's true, often. and that's like so. Nintendo, right? Like Splatoon before mm. Arms was the latest that they'd put together, like a whole new world and universe of characters. So the game joins Diablo Four, Diablo Immortal, and I do own a phone. I can download that game. Warcraft mobile projects and Overcraft, Overwatch Two in the studio's mm. pipeline. So Blizzard on the new game. Quote: We are going on a journey to a whole new universe home to a brand new survival game for PC and console. Mm. Not any specific console, just the no, word no. console. Uh, and well, then, well, hang on. PC and console, not consoles. So Yeah, but console could be plural uh, in this context. Well, I don't know. I have a feeling it's console, Xbox, that's it. No, because when you just say Singular. console, it's like the whole genre of that hardware type, I think. But yeah, uh, I, li- I like where yes, you're going. I like where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying I'm doing a no but. <laughs> and then also, quote, do you like survival games? <laughs> do you want to join a collaborative team of experienced developers at the early stages of a new project, sign NDAs, I mean, sorry, skip that, uh, in a new world and help write the next chapter in Blizzard's story? Mm. No. So when I bolded the... Do you like survival games? I didn't realize I mentioned survival game in the first one because I oh, was like, right. okay, that, that's like the, the key point is that obviously it's a survival mm. game. I have a feeling they're making a survival game. Mm. So with this news, can I just, I'll just jump in here. Is uh-huh. I've read a lot of people talking online about why wouldn't they make this survival game in IP they already have, you know, in Warcraft or Starcraft. And I'm like, you want them to like... Yeah, innovate. Yeah, exactly. Like, you want new new worlds, like, new stuff. Like, why do you want the same thing? You know, what would happen is they announce... You announce it's a StarCraft Mm -hmm. survival game or something. I'm not saying that's the best fit. I'm just saying as an example. Mm -hmm. People are going to be like, that's not what we wanted. We wanted StarCraft 3 or some bullshit like that. You're only going to piss people off. Like, give it a chance to actually create a new world, new IP, bring new value to the company Mm -hmm. from a business standpoint. Sure, it might not work, but it's Blizzard. Generally, they've got... Pretty damn good track record of launching hey, new IP Overwatch. when they yeah, do. So that was brilliant. Overwatch for a studio that. that never made an FPS mm. to make mm. a game of that quality and you know having a few weirdness with it, but like for that to be their first try is mm-hmm. ridiculous. 
and they have actually some of the best artists in the industry. Like so many people went to work at Blizzard just because, you know, like some of the best artists out there because of the depth in their art department and just all the stuff they did in that space. So I'd be like all for a new IP. And mm. to be honest, like people like me who are like, I don't know, I'd almost not play a game in the Warcraft universe because I feel like I'm so detached from it. Yeah, same. Like, mm. I, I mm. always felt more likely to play Overwatch because it's like, okay, this is a new thing from them. I can jump in on this. This is not a 30-year journey that I need to go through to not be, you know, judged by other people. So, but yeah, like, do we think it's going to be like Valheim or like those types yeah, of survival games? Yeah, I think it's going to be like New World. Only probably New not World. as bad because okay. it's not made by Amazon. Uh, but is New World a survival, survival game? Is it? I think it's more MMO. Well, is this I reckon this is going to be a survival MMO, basically. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, well, probably... I would classify it as a survival. No, I think Valheim is. I think Valheim yeah. is on the money More where Valheim-y? it's like, it, there's multiplayer, but it's not an mm. MMO in its traditional sense. It's more like instanced like things where it's smaller mm. groups of people. And it's more PVE as opposed to like PVP stuff. Although, who knows, know. like Rust and those kind of games are very PVP orientated. Mm. So. The term survival is a bit loose as well. So I have no idea where they're coming mm. from. But, we'll you, but you get the idea. What... There's going to be crafting involved. There's oh, going to yeah, be like an economy. Uh, management of potential hunger and stuff like that. You know, mm. so. Meters. Yeah. Survival games just feel like a lot of work to me. That's why I never. Really I'm the same. Like, I'm the like same. It just feels like fuck. That's it's, a lot of work. That's a job. I don't. <laughs> no, I, I don't mind them if if they're not MMOs. I survival games as an MMO, I get put off now. But mm. if it's a survival game where that's just your experience and you play it by yourself and you play it to just survive and explore the world, I think it's really cool. Mm. But the moment it's got that that multiplayer element, you know they're going to milk your time. That. It's going to be multiplayer. You're just going to go on and on and on and on. And it reminds me of when I did um, the, I I don't know if it's called hardcore or survival, whatever, but the mode in Fallout New Vegas, Hmm. where you've got hunger and uh, sleep. And it's like, you you can beat it, like, once you know how in like 25 minutes. So I'm like, mainline it. I don't eat a single thing. (laughs) Just mainline the whole thing. (laughs) Screw the survival part. A Coke at the start of the journey and then just... Pretty much a Nuka-Cola. A Nuka-Cola. <laughs> now, like, going back to the, the console part, I mean, mm. like, I said this the other week, that, you know, I've observed companies that have been acquired or in the process of being acquired, and internally, man, people just put things on ice. So, like, work still goes on, but strategic decisions around, like, okay, are we going to go PC... Uh, sorry, PlayStation exclusive or be on multi-plat, blah, blah, blah. I can see the conversations right mm. now. Before anything's mm. been announced, they're just like, ah, don't say anything. We don't well, know. That's why I we said they know. put console in because console is ambiguous. Yeah, but no, They can I always come back and say, no, we said console. We didn't say consoles. Well, who the he- why did you misread that as consoles? Otherwise, we would have stayed at the consoles or something. Well, console can mean it's... plural and singular. That's why exactly. it's a good word it to could. use. Yeah. It could, but I think it's brilliant to use <laughs> it. because. back to that. <laughs> well, no, I think it's, it's a very fair point. They don't know that. I, I, I Actually, I'm not even kidding around when I say that. I, I do think they're in a position where they don't know. They don't really know what's going to happen with this. Well, it's, it might not, well be it's not going to PlayStation. It's not going to PlayStation. No, it's not going to PlayStation. Zero chance. 100%. But the law, this is the interesting thing though. Legally, Microsoft cannot put any pressure on them to do that. Legally, mm. they need to act like an independent company, right? So legally... Like, like they will. It's, they, you know, I'll call this out mm. because Blizzard have never been singular platform like PlayStation or Xbox in this manner. They've always announced, we're going to be on PlayStation, we're going to be on Xbox. That's what they said with Diablo 4, right? So... Mm. 
it's actually super dodgy in a way that they've said console because they've never done that before. If they're going on console, they're going everything, like all the modern next-gen consoles. So the fact mm. that they've done that, it's obviously influenced by the deal. But, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, unwritten rule thing, I think. So, but yeah, Let's how many see. years away are we talking? This is like 2026? Whoa. Why even announce it this early? Mm. Well, it depends. It depends if they decide to like launch in like a game preview early access format, like a lot of these mm. survival games mm. do. So I could see it being like 2025 if they do that. But that's not, they, they, the way that this Blizzard does it is they do the early preview, but they call it a 1.0. <laughs> and they go, mm. here's the Evolo 3. We'll spend a few years working on it in public. So, no, so oh, yeah. when you say, why, like your question though, Mike, before we go on to mm. the, the final story, that's going to get us all animated and angry. Um, why do you announce these kind of things? Honestly, it's get talent in. It's like at the start, you know, talking yeah, about the job ads. It's, mm. yeah. you know, and there's probably people out there who are like, okay, cool. Now that Microsoft, you know, people's mind, it's already bought. It's already done deal. It's not, but that's how people think of it. They right. go, oh, well, Microsoft's bought it. The culture's going to get better. And now mm-hmm. they're saying there's a brand new IP. I can jump in and create things. I can like whole new world, put yeah. my stamp yeah. on yeah. a company that is famous for its art. So I think like that's the biggest you know draw of it. So I would mm-hmm. imagine they're just at pre-production, like at the grey hmm. box stage. So this yeah, that know, makes sense. Four or five years away. They take ages to make their games, Blizzard. So especially at this kind of scale, I can imagine. Mm. And it's good. Take like, your time. Take Do your a time. good game. Mike, Mike says take your time. No, well, yeah, who Mike knows? Will never play. Who knows? Exactly. Maybe, 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 unlike every other game that they've ever made, it won't be like that. Who I knows? look forward to like episode, you know, three hundred and eighty when we're talking yeah. about this game, and we'll come back to what you said. And we're like, give us, hate give this us, game, but I bought it and I played it. Give us a Blackthorn survival game, come on. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe concept art does not look like Blackthorn. <laughs> All right, well, uh, to our last story, and this is a doozy. Atari is celebrating its 50th anniversary by combining NFTs with loot boxes. So just as a side note, we have been avoiding NFTs. We'll give our views, like all our thoughts about it, but we've been avoiding it pretty much. And you know, there's some big stories that have been coming out, as Swinney said earlier in the show, Quartz with Ubisoft. But when Atari, uh, you know, a lauded brand in gaming, one of the top brands, it's a totally different company now, but brands comes out on their 50th anniversary combining an NFT with a loot box. We just had to bring it up. We have to finally crack this nut. So they're teaming up with Republic Realm, one of the most active developers of the metaverse and NFT ecosystem. Wait, let me get through it. To sell off a collection of what is being dubbed GFTs. So the announcement follows modern Atari's other well-documented ventures, which include Atari, Token, CryptoCoin, and Atari Hotels. <laughs> Before we get too far away from that yes. sentence, the term or the sentence, <laughs> one it. of the most active. What is the word, word active? How do you quantify that? Is we He's have, doing shit, doing we shit have the most there. articles on the internet. No, we're creating, we're creating metaverses, metaverse? baby. We've got 50 metaverses. Our metaverses have got metaverses to each other. That, that reads almost as ambiguous as Mike's resolutions last year. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, maybe I should go make some NFTs. Where did that come from? <laughs> Damn, you just fucking boom goes the dynamite. Man, that's just uncalled for. That's disgusting. Shit, Sorry, we need, a, we Sorry, need an asshole meter. Oh, that we he's... can keep track of summers and overlay. So and you can go ding 
and it just adds to the counter. Ding! Adds I'm, to the counter. I'm 99 percent sure I said to you guys if we had an alternative podcast, it's like two assholes and a dickhead, right? I don't yeah. know. Maybe I just said that to Swinney directly. I can't remember. But yeah, no, that that is uh, the that. true asshole. That's the true. Wow, asshole. you're such an asshole, Swinney. You should go make NFTs. NFTs. It's, it's the next logical step in your asshole evolution. Non fungible right. NFTs. Anyway, I'll, I'll come back next week with my own new, my new FT. <laughs> so, NFT. So before NF. jumping into uh, this, you know, Atari fifties mm-hmm. beautiful celebration. So a couple of things that we've got to dive into a little bit. So the first is what the hell is an NFT? So non fungible token. The idea is. A representation of something on the blockchain that can't be, you know, re- removed and is ensured that it can be transferred to other people. The idea of uh, that could be anything potentially, but at the moment, usually digital art. It's and, almost like a digital receipt for something. Yeah, and this is where, you know, like, and maybe we'll just jump straight into our views on it. So, and maybe you guys should go first because I'm probably going to have a contrary view too. So. But yeah, Mike, you love NFTs. Like, what, what, oh, yeah, do, you, what do you think about all these companies offering NFTs? I totally love them. I, I think, I think uh, as someone who loves to see the world burn and as someone who's totally <laughs> 100% against humanity, freaking hate all of you guys, uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's the <laughs> quickest, best way to kill us all off and do a global reset and let the animals roam around freely. <laughs> And do their thing without the our apes, intervention. Let the apes take yeah. over. With their, yeah. um... It's going to be planet of the apes. So I'm totally pro NFTs from that perspective. Yeah, yeah just, <laughs> just do your thing. NFT this planet to hell. Seriously, I think it's fucking stupid, and I you, hate you it. You guys and heard I... about the Elden Ring and NFT they're doing? What? <laughs> no, no, I'm fucking with you. Uh, I just wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> I, I would have seen that in my searches yesterday. Oh my god! Unless it was yeah. announced an hour ago. No, that's what I was trying to insinuate. It's just been announced. It's just been announced. Uh, how about you, Swinny? What's your overall view of NFTs? Okay, so look, and how many do you own? How many have you gassed? Gassed? That's a that's a term now. Yeah, like, yeah, that it is. is. Term. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus Christ! Did you know? Oh my Guess God! You don't planet. know the gas fees? All right, so <laughs> just speaking like a bit broader of an NFT, like just blockchain technology and yep. and you know the everything to do with that, right? Mm. I'm very ignorant or very much a novice in when it comes to anything to do with like the cryptocurrency side of the blockchain stuff and everything like that so i'm just getting up front that if anything i say is probably going to be wrong right but look i don't discount new technology just because it hasn't found a good use case yet right so i don't think blockchain inherently is like a useless thing or it's a solution at the moment it's probably solution uh, sorry uh what is it like a solution looking for a problem kind of thing people saying with nfts but blockchain mm. technology in general i could see mm-hmm. that there's potential use cases you could use that even in the gaming side i don't think we've seen it yet a lot of the people that are talking about this at the moment um some of the best use cases i've heard but it's something that just doesn't make sense from probably from a business standpoint is things like decentralization of uh, digital licenses for games. So I have a digital game. I could potentially share it in a, you know, in in a marketplace with people, and you know, yep. things like that. That who knows how the hell that no, would never happen. Ever work well? Years, but yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's yeah. use cases where I think it would make sense for the consumer or for mm. the gamer. Um, but at the moment, all the cases I've seen and NFTs included, it doesn't feel like anything that can't be achieved through other means. And obviously, you. Anything through blockchain or NFTs is 
loved by like shareholders and you know we talked we've got some notes there about the fact that square enix talking about this mm. sort of early in the month their share price went up by like eight percent or something but to me i haven't seen a use case that makes me go oh i actually that that makes sense to me yet but i'm not discounting it mm. when it comes to anything to do with like this stuff we're about to get into atari of course it's this fucking terrible shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. the technology itself i'm not discounting okay so. interesting so different no, I'm, by the way i'm with swinny i don't inherently the, the blockchain the idea behind blockchains and the idea behind the technology well, i'm totally not discounting either well it's utilizing a blockchain it's correct yeah so I, I i'm not inherently against it at all um much the same way that i'm not inherently against something like cryptocurrency what i'm inherently totally against is the fact that there's it, it's completely well most of it 99.9999 percent or whatever the hell you want to quantify it as it's just speculation mm. and it's it, to swinney's point a lot of the applications are completely nonsensical and it is absolutely just a solution looking for a problem as opposed to and and what what i think if you if you strip it down a little bit more and you you look at it you look at it from from blockchains the way they originally were were thought out um and the usage of those blockchains i think it only you only need to really look at the fact that number one it's extremely costly to actually transact with with the currency themselves at the moment um, relatively speaking, number two, it fluctuates way too much for now to still be usable as a proper currency in that sense. If I buy a co- cup of coffee now, I would like to know its inherent worth of three or four dollars and not expect it to be ten dollars the next week or fifty cents the week after. And what, one of the other big issues that I have is, you know, in, in terms of market cap, the two. Last time I checked, I don't know if this is still the same, Shibu and uh, Doge were in the top 10, and they were both literally created as jokes. One of them, a joke of another joke. Now, if that is not a fucking... The pinnacle (laughs) of what a load of shit this entire thing is, and the fact that it's, it's just speculation and people jumping on a bandwagon, I don't know what is. When people are literally jumping on the bandwagon of something that got purely created as a joke... Now, that's not to say it can't be used for other purposes, which, which, and there are, you know, from, when you look at it from, from the perspective of cryptocurrency itself, there are really, really good use cases. And there are actual cryptocurrencies, sorry, there, there's blockchains which have the associated cryptocurrency that are really freaking awesome, that are actually really practical and, and would be really cool to actually see them being implemented. The problem is it's all overshadowed by this unnecessary bullshit that ultimately the biggest thing that I have against it is it just fucks the environment up. Mm. It's that we are literally contributing to the destruction of the species because of some fucking idiots <laughs> that, that have a completely selfish interest in this whole thing. And then a whole bunch of other fucking idiots who are just sheep, let's face it, jumping on the bandwagon because they don't want to miss out. That's what it is. Mm. By and large, that is what it is. And the market is crazy manipulated by a bunch of individuals and then everyone jumps on top of it. Everyone jumps on top of it without actually really seeing the inherent value in some of this stuff. And it is actually sad because some of this technology is freaking awesome. It's got a really cool cool use in the real world. It's just it's been completely perverted by speculation. So that's where I stand on this whole thing. But mm. yeah, no, like, So there's a few different things there. I think like, you know, the cryptocurrency, I'll probably like put that into a different category. That's kind of like 
a bit separate to what we're talking about. I, I think the the environmental thing is the biggest problem with this whole space. And That's should, my biggest issue. I totally. should also put like my cards on the table to a degree here because I think it would be unfair to the audience that like I actually ran and was involved in like a, a Bitcoin company a long time ago. So this is even way like back in the day. I've always been super interested in the space. I, I used to work at a pretty serious place. We we're talking about Bitcoin internally in like 2010, right? So this is back when it was like a dollar. Right, Bitcoin. That's how he buys all his amiibos, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of you guys are wondering. Exactly. He's cashed it all yeah. out, and well, back then, like in our apartment, we could like mine one Bitcoin a night on average. Right, Damn. they're worth about forty grand now, US. Um, so, like, you know, I just want to put that out there because I, I think you know, it's a context is important from where people are coming from. But look, I think I, I'm surprised that, like, I think we're all rough. Like, you know, there's a spectrum here, and I'm more on the other side of it. But it's hmm. way closer than I was expecting. So, like, I think the execution of these NFTs, it's, it's funny to me. It's dumb, like, honestly. Like, you know, there was um, the Aboriginal flag, right, recently has now come back into the Australian government's domain. How much did we pay for it again? Uh, there's, there's a scholarship and all this other stuff that we've set up. Hmm. Because stupidly, we've got, like, an individual to make the flag and that became the flag... So then, you know, that individual owned that copyright. But how's this? Did you guys know this? He sold the digital rights to the flag on OpenSea, <laughs> right? So now there's this question of like, has the Australian government actually bought it all back? I mean, it's a legal question that is going to have to be discussed at some point. It's going to happen, 100%, right? What, what is the moral? Anyway, then let's not get into yeah, it. Yeah, park all that, right? Yeah, but all, all, all I'm that. saying is like, it introduces a whole raft of interesting issues, but... Fundamentally, though, like what underlies all of this stuff is, you know, the whole point of crypto at a very fundamental level is not having a controlling entity who owns the source of truth, having that decentralized, right? Mm -hmm. That's a massive change. That means that banks aren't as needed because, you know, they're all like trusted entities. So you deal with the trusted entity, right? And if they fall over, it's like, oh, shit, they've fallen over too bad. But if you have a decentralized way of doing that, you can actually have a lot more trust in the whole system because there is no one in particular you have to trust, right? Everything's public. So, like, I do think with time, these kind of things like smart contracts where you can, you know, sell and buy your house on a blockchain and remove all these middlemen in, in the process and all the cost that's involved and all the, the, you know, the deceit and also, like, the drama that can happen in that space, right? I'm super excited about that. Now, bringing it to gaming... It's super disturbing to me what's happening, you know, in a way that people aren't, I think, seeing. And Sweeney brought it up a little bit earlier, but the whole drive of NFTs in general, man, the biggest thing that's going to start happening is this play to earn stuff. This is like where people are missing the forest from the trees. This play to earn stuff is going to be, in my prediction, like five years time, it's going to be like microtransactions. It is going to be so mm. fucking massive. And that is going to be the driving force behind these economies. And it's going to be huge, Mike. Like, so this concept of being able to prove that I've played a game for like 150 hours and I've generated some kind of token in that world and then I can transfer this token for some other digital item, skin or whatever, and then transfer it. And all of this stuff, by the way, is going to have secondary markets. I'll and there's going to be people transferring like, you know, yeah. Call of Duty coins for, 
you know, Rainbow Six coins and all this other shit. That's all going to exist in five years' time. So I was going to say, and that concept is real right now because Ubisoft Quartz is, um, I think it's uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, has something like that right now where it's like three, four hundred hours, basically. It's... Yeah, don't think six, of this it was six hundred hours for the mask. Yeah, don't yeah. think of this as something that's too far in the future. It's happening mm. right now. All, no, so. but all I'm saying is, it's like you know when um, I think it was uh, Bethesda who were like the first people to really promote microtransactions with like yeah. horse, horse armor, armor. horse yeah. armor, right? But you know, think about how much <laughs> that's changed from then to now. Come. You know what I mean, yeah. like. People thought it was quaint or something. I was just we cosmetics, were, right? We were sweet summer children back yeah, then. We and, were, man. And that's oh. where I think that this, the insidious part of this stuff is like, you know, it's almost it will get to a point where it's like you have to earn. So you play to earn, but you might have to also like, you know, play to earn and then that will be the unlocking of more game. Do you mm. know what I mean? So yeah, it's like I know, I know you have to play mean, know, the yeah, game, prove that you play to. the game, and then actually be able yeah. to play more of the game. And it opens up yeah. more of that universe in the because game. Because why play well. a game for the joy of playing the game <laughs> when you can play? F- because you have to play yeah. it to get. Or something. you can monetize yeah. so, the people. So maybe can I? Because it's incredibly relevant. Can I just bring mm-hmm. up what Square Enix talked about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, we want to go through some of the examples of some stuff that's been happening recently. So basically, back around New Year's, um, the CEO uh, Yosuke Matsuda. They pledged their support for NFTs, blockchain technology and gaming and stuff. But I grabbed some quotes, basically. He said, I realise that some people who play to have fun (laughs) and who currently form the majority of plays have voiced their reservations towards these new trends. However, I believe that there will be a certain number of people whose motivation is to play to contribute, by which I mean help make the game more exciting. So as you said, more content. Bitch, please. Potential and there's potential to enable a self-sustaining game growth by pushing a play-to-earn concept. Yeah, it's this is a CEO swearing yeah. it. No, dude, so, like your sticker can go eat a giant bag of dicks. <laughs> you know, because I'm a business person, right? I'm a uh. businessman, and like I can see the you know bringing the community, bringing the gaming community into the process of actually like building out the game and locking them in like in this way of them feeling like they've literally got investment in mm. the game is so powerful like I, I i've been reading a lot more about this whole play to earn like the ideas and the future of it potential future of it i'm like shit this is like this totally reminds me of microtransactions it feels like microtransactions it on it's steroids whole, it is absolutely microtransactions yeah. it's the it's the next evolution of but that's the funny thing you you it, you know, you give someone a finger and they'll take your hand. You give someone a hand and they'll... I don't know what the expression is right now. They'll gobble your entire body. But... And it's exactly like that. That horse armor is brilliant <laughs> because you knew from that... That was yeah. the genesis. That was Pandora's box being opened when it comes to this mm. kind of bullshit. That all it was is slowly and slowly and slowly more and more of that. And I think... Personally, I think if you really look at the bigger picture, all this bullshit does is it creates a society of slaves. Of <laughs> no, it does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Of people who who are who are hooked onto these games because these games are created with that in mind. They're created mm. with with the idea in mind that you need to spend your entire freaking existence in there. Which is why you get quotes, and we'll talk about this um, in a sec as well. They keep they keep referring to the metaverse. They keep referring to, to, to locking you into this virtual reality because fuck the real world. And you know what? It's going to work. This is the problem. It's going to work. When you look at, at, at the greater society, um, from, from a bigger picture view, 
you have more and more people that cannot even afford their own housing. They're perpetually renting. That in itself, I think, is a form of, of, of being a slave in many instances when you can't even afford to have a proper roof above your head that you can actually call your own. And I think it's going to push more and more and more people that have to basically be part of the system, do exactly what they're told to do because they don't have zero fucking choice. Mm. And those very same people will need escapes from that bullshit reality that they have to live through because the real world sucks and it sucks even more for people like that. And they will resort to going into these virtual worlds, which was, which is why I think sadly, whether we like it or not, this bullshit metaverse is probably going to succeed. And stuff like this is going to flourish in a system like that. And you will basically earn whatever you can in your real world existence to put back into this bullshit. And it's, mm. it's sad. It's extremely sad. As someone who is so not into this kind of crap, I just find it such a bleak dystopian future <laughs> for a lot of people. It really yeah. is. It's uh, like... like I, I can't... Sorry, sweetie. I, I, it's hard for me to see how there's going to be a positive side of it given mm. what's happened with mobile gaming. Like, there, there are people, like, studios out there who tried their fucking hardest to make a really decent mobile game. They release it. You know, and there's some examples, right? And then no one gives a shit, <laughs> right? Because mm. the biggest mobile game is just fucking candy crush and it's yeah. just like it's play 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 bullshit. but it's not it's 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 actually not mindless in a way it's very active like with giving you dopamine and you know getting you hooked yeah, and then yeah, you know hitting I mean. walls yeah, and going it. oh sorry you can't play now for, for no reason just like you can't play now but if you want to pay a little bit of money you can play a little bit more right like it's huh. it's so like transparently predatory so transparently yeah, right? perfectly legal. And people yeah, fall is. for it all the time. And like I, you know, I'm kind of on the same page as you. You know, I'm not really like this normally, but I think this space is going to go down a very scary, dark path because mm -hmm. there's going to be a bunch of people who hooked in this stuff. And getting back to the play to earn stuff, and I saw someone comment on this, and I'm like, you know, I always believe in hearing different voices, even ones that I don't agree with, because it, you know, mm -hmm. challenges your views. And someone was like, you know, one of these Web three, you'll hear this a lot right? Web3, you know, NFT per people. They're like, oh, you know, Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard. What people are missing is like $68 billion went to that company. But hey, the gamers should be getting some of that money, right? Like they should have like had some ownership in the game and in the, in the studio. And I'm like, fuck, this is where this play to earn shit's going to come in. They're going to create like an economy within the game that has like value of what people perceive and yeah maybe that will happen in the future maybe if someone tries to buy a studio the players will get some benefit of that it's very dark man <laughs> like and and going back to one of the questions that we had you know around like why blockchain and everything like that it's because the companies it's efficiency the companies do not want to have like some crazy database where they all agree and transfer shit and everything fundamentally they want to get to a platform where they all can like interact with each other because they want to like the metaverse thing is going to happen, but it's going to be a land grab. Whoever wins, everyone will have to plug into their world. So I, like blockchain is actually perfect for that stuff as an interim step. So all I know is that I, when I did that feature on Roblox Gucci <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, like <laughs> I, the hellscape that I imagined in my head of like a Roblox <laughs> community economy <laughs> thing plus nfts plus battle plus season passes yeah 
Man, it's a dark potential future there. It's all, it's like that of Batman versus Superman when you see like you know the flash forwards to like yeah, the yeah. apocalyptic world. It That's totally what it looks is, like man. To me but right but now. like one thing, and I'm very optimistic in the long term. There'll be awesome Time studios turning out mad games. That's what's always happened, you know. Like we've had this era of like microtransactions, battle passes, everything, and there's been amazing single player games being released, you know. So it's still going to happen. There's still awesome multiplayer games. It's just there's going to be a huge dark community. And like, I don't know, we never cover mobile gaming. That's the biggest part of gaming by dollars and players. So, you know, yeah, but you know, you know what I, what I find also interesting about all of this is, is I think there's a very small percentage of people that actively really want to do this thing. If that makes sense from, from a really personal, passionate, they think it adds a real positive thing to it. I think if you look at all the individual players, it's kind of like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna equate it to a certain certain part of Germany back in the 30s, uh, in the let's, 1930s. Let's well, no, where people people kind of just <laughs> they didn't they didn't feel they had a choice at some point because you work yeah, for a company yeah, like yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. you have to the shareholders that that you have to critical mass. To. There's money that you got to make. Shareholders don't even fucking understand the technology to even no. understand what that. They just go, oh, there's money to be made in this. Perfect. You get yourself so deep into this shit that you can't even get out of it, that you have to keep digging that hole and going down this path more and more and more. Mm. That I think there's very few people who legit legitimately believe in the movement and not so much believe in the movement, believe that it's got a positive outcome to the gaming industry. Mm. And anyone who says they are, I think they're just fucking full of shit. They're just trying to make money out of it. So, so, can I ask, do we even care about talking about the Atari G? Right, let's well, do Yeah, because it's but the I point. Mean, <laughs> I think we should. It's going to be a long segment, but, this but is, we this... held for ages. So <laughs> We've already gone into darkness, but we should <laughs> just go through this quickly. So this is Atari's 50th. Uh, anniversary and this is how they've chosen to celebrate the 50th anniversary of a brand this is like the first console i had the atari 2600 right and then they've got the commemorative gft collection i want to skip down to like the part where they okay so this is unbelievable all the shit that they have so i like as a joke i was gonna buy mike one of these gfts right and send it to him (laughs) to piss him off right then I started to read in because I tried to literally buy it. And I'm like, wait a second. I need to actually, and it goes down. And Swinney sent this to me. And I thought someone had made this to, to joke about the concept. But they've actually <laughs> no, done real. it. That you need to get whitelisted <laughs> on the store. It's already full. The whitelist is done. Like there's we been should, people. I'll just say, we, we kind of, we mentioned it earlier, but GFTs, basically it's NFTs you can gift other people that are, they don't know what's in there. I just wanted to re-clarify <laughs> that. So. Yeah, and to be fair, they've actually published the rarity table. I think it's a part of the smart contract to be able to distribute it. But yeah, so you have to get on this whitelist. Then there's going to be get your GFTs. GFTs will be available to buy for a lucky friend or for yourself. Then there's the GFT reveal where they'll unwrap on a special date. You can chat in the private Discord and trade with other holders. This is some dark, dark shit. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So I didn't even understand all this shit that was happening. I don't even think they necessarily understand. But you've got the uh, Atari CEO, Wade Rosen. So quite. The Atari brand is synonymous with video games and video gaming in the backbone of the metaverse. What better way to commemorate Atari's 50th anniversary than by ushering in a new era of technological innovation while also honoring the brand that launched the modern video game industry. 
question mark. <laughs> can I can I just say something real quick? May I may I just interject real quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Wade Rosen, can you kindly go sit on a pineapple and twist, you fucker? <laughs> so, I included this thing because we talked about it. We had it in like minute mic or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Where back in October is when um, the CEO started and made a point back then to say that they're pivoting because Atari's been doing all this crazy shit for ages, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're pivoting mm-hmm. back to a focus on video game development. Nice pivot there. You pivoted a yeah, 360. Beautiful pivot. It was literally a 360 pivot, yeah. <laughs> and what's with, by the way, what's with what's with pivoting? It's it's a new corporate fucking buzzword. That's, yeah, pivot's that's, a great word. Pivot's don't, awesome. don't, yeah, they, but dude, it's pivot come, is awesome. No, but everyone pivot. uses it. Oh, my God. Pivot and, is not a new oh, word, Mike. It's not a new word, but it is absolutely overused. It wasn't two, two plus years ago. All right. Very few people were using it. Anyway, now, anyway. every single person's using the word, all oh, right, we got to pivot right. our strategy. Oh, we got to pivot this. So mixed mixed views amongst <sighs> us around NFTs. Probably not. It sounds like all of us are not fans of the current incarnation. No thanks. I I do think there could be something interesting with it, but I think there's going to be a lot of darkness, you know, in the in the short term to medium term. And I, look, I I my view would be there's going to be one or two or even three publishers, not studios, publishers that go hard in this space, and it's like yeah, basically Ubisoft. they're going to be lost <laughs> to me. You know what I mean? Like imagine this whole oh, play. Oh, dead to me. Yeah. Well, imagine play to earn in the Assassin's Creed Infinite or whatever it's going to be called. Oh, I'm like, just waiting. I'm just waiting for Jesus. like take two to jump into it and yeah. all these publishers. It's Activision, yeah. but well, GTA Six Online. About that. Play to earn. Like it's just. I hope not. Come on, really Rockstar. Really, shit's going to go. Uh, but yeah. all right. Well, we finally covered NFTs. Hopefully, we don't cover it again. And I'm sure. Let's be real. Like the villain of the year by the end of the year, I'm calling it early. It's going to be NFT, surely. Oh yeah, like, Wade Rosen is, is, is the one, villain behind the villain. We're one month in, but it's going to be hard to topple that winner. Jesus, <laughs> commemorating the 50th anniversary of Atari for GFTs, loot box NFTs. It's unfucking believable, dude. I it's so it's so it's so unbelievable. It's so comical that I'm like, is this is this a joke? Is this real life? Is this actually real? It's Atari. Like, is, but it's Atari. like, are they just? Is this a big gag as a joke or I something? Know. I don't know. It's funny. All right. Well, that wraps up the news. But the way we like to wrap up the news is by getting Swinny to go through all the rest of the week's news. Stuff that we're interested in, stuff that we want to mention, but we don't have that much of an opinion about. We can't really offer much more than hard, cold facts. Mm. Now, each week, we increase the words that Swinney has to say by one until he fails. If he fails. I'm not assuming he's going to fail. Maybe the podcast is going to end before... He's doing 300 words per minute. Anything's possible. <laughs> not a good Maybe he will succumb so to the powers of the NFT. Yes, he's got to channel his inner Eminem rap god style. <laughs> Just, you know, Crytek of announcement. You know, who knows? So I, I believe in you, Swinney. You've been doing well so far. You're going really hard in the paint with this at the moment. Yeah, I'm so, impressed. I think it's really good. And as I always, re- go on, Swinney. Now, I realized that um, just before the show, like five minutes before, like we were doing our pre-show, that mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff was missing from this because <laughs> I took it out to add into our like NFT segment. Awesome. So I'm like, I had to go and find more stuff to add in. <laughs> more stories, more words. So to get to 185. For, for the viewers at home, I, I do need to have some kind of like tick or something when it gets to five seconds. But I, I, like that'll be work for me later. But... Uh, Swinney has been going really aggressive early. That's his new strategy. He's not letting any buffer. Mm. I've noticed this. 
So keep your he won't eye. even tell you when he starts. It just bam. Well, straight that's into the way it goes. He has to do it, and then I have to switch. That's that's the way yeah, this game there's plays. There's a delay, right? There's a delay. So yeah, it's minimal. He gets minimal. he gets like an extra second in there. Oh, give him an extra second. So whenever you shut want, up, shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> whenever you're ready, sweetie, I'm just bitter because I lost. Crytek have announced that Crisis 4 is in development. Naughty Dog have not ruled out more Uncharted games. Evil Dead the game has been delayed three months to 30 for May. W Games claims that Gotham Knights and Hogwarts Legacy is still on track for this year. Activision have reportedly committed to three more Call of Duty games on PlayStation. Death Stranding Director's Cut's coming to PC on 30th of March with a $10 upgrade. 32-bit classic Power Slave Exhumed is getting a remaster from Night Dive Studios next month. 3D platformer Kao the Kangaroo is getting a sequel this year. The Steam Deck will have dynamic cloud saves, allowing seamless PC and handheld play. Microsoft Flight Simulator is getting DLSS support in future updates. Ubisoft are shutting down their struggling Battle Royale Hyperscape in April. Sega are quitting the arcade business in Japan after 56 years. The Rock claims he's starring in another blockbuster video game <laughs> movie. Another Realm employees leaked the existence of Mortal Kombat 12. And MK legend Ed Boon is being inducted to the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame. Oh, look at that. Nice. You're, you're like, have like nine seconds left. This is going to go on forever. This, uh, oh, my this God. At, well some done, point well at some point, I'll just be like, oh, I'm over this. I'll just read it slow. <laughs> That's how you get off. Now you got to make it believable. You're trying. Man, Man, just they're, they're, sorry, I'll just say before you, you're, mm. you're about to mention something. Power mm. Slave Exhumed. Like we had a mate back in high school that loved that game. Oh, so wow, it's really? awesome to bring it back. Because that was, game's almost like, uh, it's like Doom with Metroidvania elements to it. Mm. What, what console was that on, sorry? Well, it was on, a, I think it was PlayStation Saturn and PC, but a lot oh, of people think okay. of it as a PlayStation game. Oh, okay. I don't remember who this person is. I literally anyway. don't remember this game at all, to be honest. Yeah. It's Egyptian-themed Doom, basically. Oh, yeah, dude, I have... I Like, I, I know who you're talking about. I know which friend yeah. you're talking about. I yeah. used to watch him play. He never let me play it, but I used yeah. to watch him play it. And so I, it looked I really sick, yeah. It's called Power Slave Such and Exhumed in different territories, so for the remaster, they're just calling it Power Slave, like, call oh, Exhumed. Oh. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Man, I haven't seen this for so long. All I was going to wow. say is, like, the Steam Deck, man. I'm like, fucking, when is Valve going to say when we can buy it in Australia? I know. Like, order it, man. I know. It's like the old days. It's like waiting for, like, a Nintendo 64 for a year and a half. It's unbelievable. Uh, maybe maybe Kotaka should write an article about it. When is the Steam Deck Australian coming to Australia? Tax. We don't Dear know. Dear readers, we don't know when. <laughs> I was surprised that they actually did that. All right, well look, done. Look, to be fair, by the way, just quickly on that, to be fair, they are probably struggling, and I think they do need to worry about SEO shit. So, okay, well, I don't know why. You to have be to give fair them on them, I can this. see why they. I, I don't think it's a real concession. I think fuck that practice. I hate it. <laughs> but at the same time, I can kind of see why they have to do it. So, hmm. yeah, I can't. All right, well, let's jump. They could into... just write good articles, so they won't have to do that. All right, let's jump into our first feature, which is. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island we're finally mm. talking about this game so it's time finally. to revisit one of the most beloved SNES memories or our beloved SNES memories with our latest game of summer of the year 1995 nominee the colourful and charming Yoshi's Island Swinney mm. what are your initial thoughts on this game what 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 kind of tingles your little mind mind berries I, I played <laughs> this game that sentence I played for this game. I played this game for the first time this week, man. Yeah, this game's alright. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, this sure. game is very beloved. Um, I never owned this game. Thank big thanks to Indigot for constantly sh lending me this game when we were <laughs> much champion. younger. What a champion! And uh, this game is 
glorious. Like, there's a lot I have to say about this game. So we'll get to it. Yeah. So, so like, as you've just revealed that I had a copy of this also. So we, we played this when it came out, which is, like, how old we are. Yeah. Uh, but, Mike... Have you? Hmm. Now, now we can finally reveal. Ah, haha, the big reveal. You are just playing this pretty much for the first time. Absolutely, the first one. Well, yeah. You know, you failed to play through Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. I, 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 got, such I got about 75% through, thank you very much. 75% through, that's yeah, a but decent effort. It's an 80-20 game. The hard part's the last part. Yeah, but so. I don't have the kind of time that people had back then when <laughs> that's pretty much the only game they had. You know, it wasn't like, it's oh my God, there's game. 50 <laughs> games I can play. Genuinely no, but it's, it's a difficult a game. game. It's a difficult game in the, heart, in the later hard. part. It, it takes hard. a lot yeah, of hard. trial. All right, Yoshi's, Yoshi's, let's so back, back to Yoshi's Island. So, look, I actually enjoyed this. So I probably got about 50, 60% of the way through based on what I saw by watching the rest of it on YouTube because I actually did want to see the rest of it. Yeah. And I enjoyed it personally a lot more than I enjoyed Donkey Kong. Um, Are I, we calling this a fail, Swinney? No, no. I just, well, no. I just want to clarify. Hey, let, you didn't play full we, throttle at all. We will. <laughs> I did, quarter. We're, let's let's try to avoid too many comparisons, Don Kong, because the whole point of this is yeah, discussing yeah, yeah. the yeah, game. Because that it, might give it away. To, that might give it away. Good discussing point. the game on its yeah. own merits. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because when we get to yeah. our deliberations, that'll yes. be when we actually talk about the yeah. two games together. Yes, okay, cool. but. <laughs> No but, no but in this whatsoever. No, that's no the buts. title of the show. Yes, but. Yes, but. No, he has a very good point. So, so I, so okay, so I enjoyed this game. Now, mm. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you guys did because of the fact that you played it ba- way back when it was initially launched, I mm. guess. Um, and because you guys know that I'm not the biggest fan of these kind of platforming games, um, I like other types of like flashback, that kind of platforming game, if you could count it as that. Um, and Metrovania style kind of platforming games. Well, it's not a platformer, but yeah, go on. Well, it's not a platform, but it it, it is really. No. It's, it's you're still kind of a two D navigating the world kind of thing. Um, but 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 yeah, if, you know, again, I think it's purely based on the fact that you need to have experienced these things back then. Um, I still appreciate it for what it is, other than the really 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 annoying crying baby every time <laughs> i would lose mario man after a while like even my girlfriend's like what the f is up with that baby constantly crying because obviously <laughs> i lost him a lot um and, but that's probably like my main gripe because the level design from what i played was was really really cool um i like the fact that it introduced a lot of different concepts so as i'm playing it it felt like there's always something new and different whether it's it's you know um teleporting and uh, and becoming a different like the mall for example and the elements it adds to that whether um baby mara gets the star and then gets to speed up everywhere i love those elements it was really cool and different and and there was always something new to look forward to um i also actually for for a good chunk at the start of the game tried to get everything on the map so i tried to get to fully complete um everything at the end which is kind of cool so there is like a natural drive to want to do that stuff because the level design is pretty cool and there were a few tricky parts where i'm like how the hell are you supposed to kind of get to that quick enough and do this um so i actually i actually quite enjoyed this game for what it is even by today's standards of for what it is that's uh that's well like a backhanded no, 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 compliment because, well it's, know, it's not i'm not trying to make it a backhanded compliment it's just that again people need to realize i i'm certainly not hating on this game i appreciate what this game did but 
I I wasn't born with these games. I didn't I didn't I didn't live these games when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I played we completely different games. Either, yeah. No, no, no. But like, you guys got to appreciate these at a certain age uh, when when you weren't tainted by, you know, 20 years of gaming since then, basically. Or is it even more than that? 1995. Holy moly. It's even more than that. So <laughs> so it's really, it's really hard to go back to something. And I'm not saying that it doesn't hold the test of time because it absolutely well, you holds are saying the test that. of time. You are saying that. No, it, it, it holds the test of time. I just, I don't have the same dare I say rose tinted glasses that you got as you guys do because I, I didn't and look I'm not saying that in a bad way I actually wish I could have experienced this when it came out I would have loved this game I would have absolutely loved this game same as Donkey Kong if I if I had a, a SNES back then oh my god I reckon I would have had an awesome childhood I like how it's when he's like don't mention but, Donkey Kong um well no no, no is, I'm just saying like, I'm saying this I, is oh, like, any of those games this is would, like, they're awesome games this is like the ultimate backhanded compliment segment it's like oh i'm sure this game would have been good if i played no, it back in the day well know, it is because if you, guys played, up, it if you guys played the games that i played back in the day like Which ultima 8 it doesn't I hold played up ultima. No. i played ultima you didn't play ultima 8 i don't think you guys have even Fuck barely off. seen I... screenshots of ultima 8 okay you're totally wrong yeah. i'm not saying i played ultima 8 but i've played one of the ultimate no games. no no i said ultima 8 specifically i'm checking now so ultima 8 is one of my favorite games of all time if you guys were to play it now, I don't think you'd I enjoy think it. I think I played Ultima 8, man. I, think this I is don't the think you'd enjoy it, though. No, I liked it back in the I day. I reckon you played 7. That was the big one that everyone played. Mm, I don't think so. I'm looking... Nah, nah, it definitely didn't look like this. It looked like Ultima 8. Okay. I don't think they got awesome. different. So, anyway. I love that game to bits, but what I'm saying is if you were to try to play it now, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if many people would be as, as into it. So... And look, this is just a personal opinion, obviously. I, yeah. I, I don't know how many people would, would play it now and uh, any of these games and go, oh, this is the most amazing game ever. Like, genuinely saying that, not just saying it because they want to, you know, give it credit for what it is. But, yeah, so look, I'm just giving you my honest opinion. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game, but I didn't enjoy it enough to want to go finish it. Can we both simultaneously do like a, a side punch, Swinny? To both punch him in the head? That so you gotta reach the other way. Douche, douche, well, douche. No, well, look, uh, you want my... I could, I could lie and say, oh, it was, it was such an amazing experience. Absolutely loved it. But I can't. I, 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 I have a button to turn this into a two-person podcast. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Swinny, so, do you want to... How about the... people that actually have played the game thoroughly and... Alright, so I'll just say, mm. look, I, I probably should have brought up um, pre-show about I guess maybe how we run this but um, I thought maybe we'd talk about some stuff we did like and some stuff we didn't like Mike's obviously covered that all in mm. one go but it's not his fault like I didn't but didn't like it. yeah he did, did cover um, that no I liked a lot of elements about so it. basically there's a lot of stuff in stuff I like in this game like yeah, this yeah, game yeah. is uh, one of my favourite games of all time like if I had a top 10 it's going to place pretty damn high in that mm. top 10 um, just this game, like, I just want to start with the mechanics because right? there's, there's a lot in this game. But this game does stuff that just SNES games and 16-bit games just didn't do back then. Like the whole egg mechanic is mm. so genius. Like it's so easy to pick up. And, you know, there's two control styles. But let's just say the one where you press the button and it starts the cursor and you press it again to shoot, which I think is called patient and the other one's hasty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> where you hold it and then you I actually tried both by the way but everything to do with the egg mechanic is just so genius like the way they work into design is just 
I saw saying like games didn't do this back then. It just added so many cool things to it. Even like skimming the eggs across the water, like the way it introduces and the way that it plays out in that level. I think it's the um, piranha, naval piranha fort, where you essentially learn about skimming eggs and you have to use that against the boss and things like that. Everything to do with the control of Yoshi with the fluttering and the ground pounds. Like, again, these aren't stuff that was really done back then. Generally, uh, like, platformers, 16-bit platformers were just generally, okay, I'm, I've got a jump button, I've got a shoot button, and maybe I've got, like, a one extra move. Like, adding an entire new mechanic where you're fluttering and, you know, staying up in the air and then you launch higher off another enemy. Just some of the mechanics are just mm. amazing and just genius the way they added it in. Mike, you mentioned the transformations. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a cool way to to add the to change up the flow of the level. They're not all great. Some are cooler than others, which I'll get to when we talk about stuff that we don't like. Mm-hmm. But are you and you mentioned the I've thrown this mechanics, but it's more like design. The hundred percenting by getting like the five flowers, making sure you get thirty stars at the end, and the twenty coins. As you said, you, you felt you feel compelled to do it mm. more than even like Donkey Kong Country 2. We talked about that last week because like the sound effects they build into it and the fact that if you get 100% at the end of the level or you don't, it feels really like you feel like there's something missing if you don't get that like little middle mm. little music cue at the end. So it's just so many things to do with that. So I don't know if there's anything on there you want to touch on in here. Yeah, look, like my opening salvo is that, you know, Super Metroid is my favorite game of all time. It was about two years to develop that game on a similar sized team. Super Mario World it was about one and a half years, like because it was backed up after Super Mario Brothers Two, which was a bit rushed. Super Mario World. And this game was like four years in development. Wow! Right? And it shows. It's a lot for back like, then. And and it's fascinating. It's a fascinating reflection of Nintendo as well. It's like, you know, they felt that this game wouldn't stand up if it didn't have Super Mario World in the title. Like, which hmm. is fascinating to me. Like, I think this game totally stands up by itself, but kind of like they themselves didn't necessarily believe in it in a weird way. Mm. Like, a whole bunch of the dev team moved on to Mario 64 in the last year of development. But for me, like, that's sometimes where Nintendo does its best work, where, you know, the full attention, especially late game, isn't on the project. And they sort of off doing their own thing, allowing them to be a bit experimental. And you can kind of see it in this game. It's very much like uh, Link's Awakening as well. You know, very much almost like started as a port of Link to the Past. And then they sort of like literally just threw in stupid shit because they thought it was funny. And it, you know, blossomed from there. And this Mm. game, the amount of creativity in it, the different things you can do, you know, very like true to like that idea of like Nintendo being a place where they introduce a mechanic and then just throw it away. They're like, ah, okay, we've done that three times in this level. You know, you get the point. You'll never see that again. And there's just so much cool shit like that in this game. Like, secret world, secret levels. Like, you know, World 4 with the monkeys. Like, late secret levels. Just both drive me crazy, but also just, like, very <laughs> iconic for me. And, you know, I know that you... Like, it's interesting, Mike, because you haven't played this game, right? I don't think you're a massive platformer fan, but, you know, I can't say that the game would be awesome for someone who's just playing it. But that's how I feel about it, like, f- from the start. Like, oh, I would yeah. 100% recommend this game as a game that people must play. Like, and it's not a long game either, but it, to me, it's a total must-play game. And, you know, the other thing I just wanted to mention on just the, the art style and just how mm-hmm. it's been executed, it's so fascinating how the dev team 
you know, they're like, oh, what's this little company in the UK in this massive game, Donkey Kong Country? Like, what the hell are they doing over there? And they literally, like, they, they're total assholes at some point, Nintendo, in a lovable way that I am as well, I'd like to believe, um, is that they saw the style that they went for and they're like, fuck them. We're going to go the complete opposite style wow. for them and go as hard as possible in this tune style, this cartoon style that they've gone through for. And, and drawn kind and, of yeah, style. And to me, yeah. it just looks like, it looks it's unreal. Unique. It stands like, out. You take this game and then take mm. any game released the next year when like Mario, you know, like Nintendo 64 PlayStation is out. This game shits all over those games today. Mm. You know, if you're talking about, mm. you know, comparing and I don't think that's rose tinted view. I think people, if anything, go back to the original like 3D generation PlayStation Saturn 64 and go, wow, this game look really bad, actually. <laughs> like well, yeah, but the way I was a whole new generation. Sure, but I mean, th- but, you know, but I'm saying based. this to me is not rose tinted glasses. This is like, if you play these games on like a CRT in particular, mm. like what they were designed to be played on, right? With the understanding of that technology and the shading that can happen. Oh, and yeah, everything, yeah, 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 yeah. It just like it fucking holds up. This is to me like a no. Beatles album, man. This no, is I like, get you. I know. It's I know. not the current style, but it holds up, man. It's like. I'm kind of in agreement with Swinney. Like, for me, honestly, if I don't consider this in the Mario series. I don't know if you do, Swinney. Just because no, it's, it's called... different to me than Mario, just because it's called that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a Yoshi series, right? But I think this is yeah. the only, to me, like, this is on a pinnacle and the rest are just in its shadow. But I, honestly, if it wasn't the Mario series... Man, this might be like if I had to pick one Mario game, this might be close to being it. Like that's how much I love this game. It mm. is an amazing game, and very little of it, like I can actually kind of add to in the uh, the next part of the segment, which is like what we didn't like, other than Ooh. the funny thing that Mike said at the start with the crying baby Mario, which does shit me, but it's intentionally meant to be annoying. Mm. But it is very grating. Like I feel like if they just had a sound that wasn't as extreme it would be a little bit more pleasant. Yeah, no, I want to mention some stuff I, I like about this game still. Sorry, oh, okay, like, I, 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 <laughs> We've been waited so long to talk about this fucking That's true, game. That's true, we I <laughs> am, like, this game is embedded in my heart, yeah. basically. Like, uh, this game... that. So, I'll look, there's a lot I won't bring up because we just don't have the time, but to me, this game is just... The details. This game has so much charm and so much heart. It... It just goes the extra mile. And you said, like, it was a long time in development, so they had more time probably than other games. But it's those little touches. Like, the fact that when you hit the egg blocks, the eggs don't land in the same spot each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just things you don't probably think about, but just naturally just add to this experience of it just being something special. You know, like, there's mud in the game. And if you land on the mud, it, like, makes this squelching sound, but then it also prevents you from accelerating instantly. It's these control things that, you know, these little touches. Just so much thoughtful Ugh. design was put into this game that it's almost on another level for me. Like, I can't think of another SNES game that I think just just from a design standpoint just, just comes close to this game to me. Like, it is just crazy. Now, obviously, it's hard to compare a game with Super Metroid to something that's Yoshi's Island. But this game is just something else. It really is. Yeah, look, I don't want to get into the, like Super Metroid versus Yoshi Island, but like I would only just say like I feel like they're in that same category of like the lived-in world. And then for me, 
near perfect execution of what they're trying mm. to do, right? Whereas, I, you know, and Link to the Past, I love that game so much. Again, like maybe my favorite Zelda game, I, like depends on the day mm. you ask me, right? But there are parts of that game that are like, that are a little bit clunky and just like, mm. I don't love with a passion. And I find it a bit like, uh, yeah, I could take it or leave it. Whereas, yeah, Yoshi's Island, like when I got the SNES Classic, when it got released, I'm like, cool, you know, like it's a real fun official way to relive a lot of these games that I've played many times, right? Mm. And fuck me, I just started playing Yoshi's Island. I didn't play anything else. I literally didn't play mm. anything else. I 100%ed it all the way up to like World 5. And I'm like, I've got to play other games on this SNES Classic. Mm. But I mean, like I didn't feel bad about it. I think I just played like Super Metroid straight after mm. it. Right? Mm. <laughs> just sticking to games I love. But yeah, man, it's such a cool game. But, you know, look, it's not a perfect game. You know, no game is perfect. For me, like, the screen scrolling sometimes can screw you over because it just acts a bit weird where you don't actually see what's below mm. you because you've gone a bit too far in a certain direction. Some levels can drag on and feel a bit samey, especially, like, in the same world sometimes. Like, the jungle world, a lot of those levels do blend into one for me. But, like, when you sit down and look at them, they are quite different. But the feeling sometimes is a bit samey. Mm. Um, there are a few levels that i don't like like pucci ain't stupid like that's the extra bonus level of world one i've never liked that level it's oh, okay. hard as bones it's oh, you memorable really find that hard interesting oh, pucci ain't stupid to me it's just can go can go get stuff but other than that level like generally like all the levels are good um there are some things like the mole transformation like the controls on that are just They're a bit chunky yeah yeah like it's one of those things where i just never fully understood it it's just not very intuitive to me like half the time i end up going backwards and i'm like why did that <laughs> happen um because you're blind like a mole Jeez. yeah and just look there's some <laughs> enemy encounters that can get frustrating you know any of the bandits are still mario like especially when they chuck a whole bunch of them and it's challenging but it's also like God damn it, I've just got 30 stars and now I'm, yeah, I've yeah, got, yeah. you know, things. But uh, even, like, I'm not going to say Baby Mario crying is a bad thing because I actually think it, it drives the player so much to go get Mario. Because yeah. originally, they actually were going to make it where Mario just crawls on the ground if if the enemy hits you or whatever. But they what they realise is they really need pe- want, want people to go after him. The agency. Like, they're like, okay, this is... Because you're protecting this baby. So it's an annoying sound, but I'm not going to say it's bad because because it's it, it drives you. It's like, God damn it, I need to get Mario. This is not going to shut up. Yeah, so. but you, you know my counterpoint to that is Metal Gear Solid, right? So you go, you know, the emergency tone of when you've yeah. been discovered. <laughs> like, that is like... That totally drives a sense of urgency for me. It's like, fuck, all right, I gotta hide, I gotta. Where's a cardboard yeah. box, right? But that tone and alert and the way they made that sound and the sound design for it doesn't make me go, oh my God, I hate this, yeah. like over time. So, no, that, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I still think that that is an annoying part. And, and you know, just on the controls, the one time that I really don't like, like I feel like the game's clunky, is where you do lose Mario, baby Mario. And it feels like you're fighting the game a bit with like where you're moving, where the camera's moving, where baby Mario is mm. going. Like to the point where it's like, I remember back in the day and even when I've replayed it recently, it's like, I'll try to shoot an egg or do something. And it just like, doesn't work the way that I feel like it should. Like, I feel mm. like I'm fighting the game mm. a little bit, but I don't have very much on the don't like list to be fair. Yeah. But uh, uh, look, Oh, Mike, you can add more no, to you d- don't d- like list. <laughs> just the re- no, 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 hey, hey, again, I should probably clarify my thoughts because well, I guess I don't express myself clear. properly sometimes. You I, I think it's a great game. I think it's an absolutely brilliant game, and I wish that I had played it back when it came out. 
unfortunately i've been tainted by all these years of playing other games that my journey of what i find enjoyable in gaming is different and but i can't at the same time i still appreciate it for what it is i absolutely do and i think i also need to put into the context of what was around back then especially if you look at what was around for for snes and i can i can easily see based on all the other games that i've seen on the snes as swinney said it is it is an amazing game for the platform like arguably i'm not going to say this but arguably the best game of the platform for a hell of a lot of people so so yeah look don't don't don't, don't take it the wrong way i do totally appreciate the game um the one thing that i didn't appreciate as much is a tiny little tiny little uh gripe i have which is the the pachinko inspired uh bonuses you can get at the end of some of the levels where you have to scratch a loto card or i find that they're clearly inspired by that part of the japanese culture i guess that as someone who uh uh, who you know has kids that I'm trying to protect, protect? I just think encouraging a young audience to get into that mindset of of being rewarded by that kind of stuff is freaking dangerous to some extent. Um, that I personally, you know, if I was a game developer now, I definitely wouldn't include shit like that. But hey, you know, people have microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff like that nowadays. So it's no different. Um, They're very common for Nintendo games back in the day to have that. Mm. Like, Mario had a slot yeah. machine bonus. Yeah, Mario, machine shit, Mario yeah. the Wario Land game. Mm-hmm. I think they're creepy when you look at yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. In that sense, but whatever. It's like it's a minor gripe in that sense. And, and I feel like, Sweeney, there's so many other things that we're not going to talk about that we could. Like, I know. Like what? Like the fact that there's like a drug level in this game. Oh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Get... That is like, <laughs> it's like saying, it's like it's literally like third, a drug psychedelic it's like, level. It's like the third or fifth level of the game or something it's get yeah one uh, seven one seven touch fuzzy get dizzy touch fuzzy get dizzy and stuff like that anyway i look i've got some final thoughts i don't know if we want to get to wrap it up um didn't even realize those drugs no surprise that i absolutely tore this game um to me this this is definitely like hyperbole but it's like to me this the designer's game is like a love letter to games like it's Mm. almost it was like the swan song of that 16-bit era where it blended the 16-bit with modern design that would probably you'd start to see appear in the 32-bit games and everything. Um, the game isn't perfect, but to me, its failures are graceful and its failures are cut above probably the rest. You know, like even what it doesn't do well, it's still doing way better than its contemporaries. Mm. So, um, yeah, huge game for me from the for 1995. Well, let's do this as a shit sandwich. So let's let uh, Mike shit on the game and then I'll close it no. out with a nice little complimentary piece so go go on I Mike have, I have nothing to shit on like well, you got said, your final think, thoughts what are your final no, thoughts my final thoughts are it. I, I enjoyed the experience for, for what time I had with it and I really appreciate it in the context of when the game came out it's, it's, a, it's a really good game yeah my final thoughts is that this is a good example of like hey no game's perfect but this game's pretty damn close and hmm. You know, it's this game, Super Metroid, you know, a few other games like Link to the Past. I, I still find it very hard to give up my idea that the Super Nintendo, which is, by the way, not the console I first kind of grew up with, which was more the NES, but that the Super Nintendo is like not the best console of all time. Like I just, you know, these type of games just absolutely to me, 100% still hold up to, to this day and you know, like I, I'm really intrigued to see more people play this game for the first time and hear what they think about it. Because, yeah, like I like the I feel like if you like platformers, 
I just can't even see that much fault in this game. Outside of, yeah, some of the things that Swinny said, some people probably find the levels a little bit too long, but yeah, I don't know. It's just such an awesome game, man. The art, the, the, I've been listening to the OST all week, <laughs> and it's just like, it both brings back memories to, like, I feel like it's a bit of an underrated portion of the game. Like, the sound and, like, some of the, the actual, like, even the first level's sound and music is just so freaking awesome. And just it, executing this, you know, toy box sound is just incredible. It fits the game like a glove, even yeah. if, you know, I some of it can get a little repetitive. It fits everything so well. That is, like, literally the only criticism I have for the music. It's just not enough music. Yeah. Like, when I listened to the OST, I was kind of going, okay, yeah, like, one and a half hours or something. It's, like, 36 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, damn, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's kind of very atmospheric at times. Kochi Co- Kondo was a little bit lazy uh, <laughs> that week. You know, he didn't chuck enough tracks out. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the only thing that I could say that, like, I don't think the music's bad. It's just not enough music, like, mm. in the grand scheme of it. But, it's good, but just not enough of it. Yes, but I, like, look, you know, you know I've got a betting market around Gosoid 95, and, you know, if you want to throw some cash at this game, it's a pretty good bet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty good bet because I basically don't have uh, you hate this proper, proper say in four, four, four out of the... What do you mean you don't have a proper say? You do. You have the deciding Because I didn't really vote. pick four out of the six games. Yeah, I don't say I that. One of them I reluctantly picked. That. Two of them, so we'll, 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 get, there. we'll get there. We'll get there. I guess there. I picked Chrono Trigger, We all pick I? together. Mm. We all pick together. Don't you dare. Don't you <laughs> fucking dare. <laughs> and we've got a special <laughs> super awesome segment now. Yes. Yeah. So to close out the show... I, Intergot, am going to show how I will save Sony. Well, be- before you get there, <laughs> I've, awesome. I've got my sexy pitch for this, right? It's oh, very quick, oh, right? Okay. And how I'm going to sell, uh, save oh, Sony. Oh. Uh, first step, get Apple to buy Nintendo. <laughs> okay. Second Never step, happened. Second step, get Disney to buy Apple. Okay. Third <laughs> step... Then you get ten cent to buy Disney. Okay, yep. And fourth step, you get like Sony it. to buy Chemco. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Four I want to see that on the success. So yes, you know Sony. You know, feel free. Take this as free uh, advice from from me. I'll, in tenish minutes, I'll pitch how I will save Sony. So. You know, in every good pitch deck, you know, you got to start with what the hell you're doing. What's the purpose of the pitch deck? And, you know, this is all about strategy. This is centered on strategy. So I am going to cover two, like, very core things in strategy. Uh, And I should call it out. Strategy versus tactics. Tactics, that's just, you know, go buy Square Enix. Go buy EA. That's a tactic. That's not a strategy. Strategy And if anyone... Yeah, Sorry, if anyone's listening to this audio, like you're going to miss oh, yeah, out true. on the presentation. So <laughs> yeah, please watch it dang. on the so YouTube. So we got a yeah. picture of Mike Tyson, uh, yeah. and the quote is: "Every everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth." Yeah, we don't we, like we won't play the game of like reading out everything on the screen. I think you're uh, right, Sweeney. This I? is this is one of the instances where you know if you're listening to it on the podcast, probably stop and click on the link in the description. You go to the video podcast version. I think it's critical for this presentation given that it's visual but yeah so like my point first point is strategy versus tactics like i'm talking about strategy what is your competitive advantage what are the macro factors what are the resources at your disposal versus tactics it's just like oh what can you do right now like oh get an exclusive deal for the next final fantasy game great that's not a strategy that's a short-term thing so like i'm very much focused on strategy and 
focused on two very key concepts in strategy. So you like, don't, oh, I'll press the button when I shouldn't have, sorry. What is on the show next week? <laughs> no, there, I saved it. I was thinking that I've got a button control to turn the slides. Wow, I'm thinking a, that's how advanced it is. Was that a tactical mistake or a strategic mistake? We'll talk about made. tactical mistakes as, okay. as in GameSpot. And I'm calling you out GameSpot in this stupid article about Sony buying EA or like, oh, what if Sony bought EA? This is like taking a knife to a gunfight. Taking a knife to a bazooka fight. Sony is like, like a 50th the size of Microsoft. If Sony goes down the path of buying studios, they're going to fuck themselves. Because if they buy one big studio or one big publisher, like Ubisoft, let's just say, or Square, that gives almost carte blanche access for Microsoft to say, oh, great, we'll just buy the rest. Because now you've opened up the, the argument that people will go, oh, you know... Sony's doing it, so like Microsoft is just doing whatever they want as well. And it's pretty hard to argue from a competitive perspective. So it makes zero sense for Microsoft to do that. So you're not going to see that in what I'm talking about. Okay. What I'm talking about is strategy. Strategy. Oh, the ancient dragon. So the first ah. component of strategy that I'm talking about is it's actually a biblical story. It's in the book of Samuel. And it's this idea of a Philistine giant called Goliath who was defeated by a young David. Now, how is this possible when you have Goliath who's huge, strong, full of armor, got a javelin, all these kind of things against this weak David with no armor, nothing. Did David have COVID? <laughs> no. The, the key here is that David used his strengths, his unique set of skills, right, in this Big component penis. that he can actually beat Goliath. So David, what did he do? He was a shepherd for many, many years. So he uh, honed... I... Go on. I can, tell, I can tell you haven't played Dark Souls 2 by using this image. Uh, the Ancient Dragon's a friendly yeah. character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I just wanted the visual. I just want the visual. I just Googled, so what's what? the biggest Dark Souls character? No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, going, going back to it. So, bunch of sheep, too. This is, this is a yes but on both of your accounts now. So definitely the show's mm. called Yes But. But um, so David, going back to David, you know, he's shepherd. And, you know, how would mm. he ward off predators? Well, he would sling rocks at them. So he honed this skill. So when mm -hmm. he was in armed conflict with Goliath, he chose not to engage in hand-to-hand -hand combat, not to, you know, go up into the fisticuffs of David, but to hang back, to use his speed to run away, away from Goliath and to grab a stone and hurl it into Goliath's head and then chopping his head off in the biblical story, uh, which is very dark. Wow, that's a little extreme. It's okay. literally what is in the Bible. Um, so, mm. you know, my argument here is part, you know, from a strategy point of view, it makes no sense to fight Microsoft. They've got like $2 trillion market cap where Sony is 0.1 trillion dollar market cap. It's just an idiotic like process. So very much, you know, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, okay, like what are the strengths of Sony? What can they do? So the other component of strategy that I'm looking at is a Latin phrase. Amicus meus inimicus inimici me, which translates into my friend, the enemy of my enemy. <gasps> and so it. my that artwork is it's brilliant. <laughs> so <laughs> my my other component of the strategic vision that I have for what Sony could do to defeat Goliath Microsoft is they need to look at the landscape. So they're looking at like what are my strengths? How can I defeat Microsoft in you know the way that I can win fights? Then the other component is well, who hates Microsoft as well? Who actually could I join with? So my view is not, hey, we could buy something. That's, that's dumb. 
Like, you know, you're always going to lose that battle against Microsoft. They've got deep pockets. My mm. view is who can you partner with? Who can you get in bed with? Who can compliment you? So, you know, I had a very long list. You know, first I started with the Zuck, you know, <laughs> huge company. But, you know, don't think it really makes sense. Like, you know, everyone hates the Zuck and the alignment with games, I think ultimately doesn't really make sense. And you're getting this, you know, mismatch of sizes, kind of looking out in the market, thinking about, yeah. you know, natural competitors of Microsoft. I thought of Netflix, you know, like, yeah, they're, they're both pushing into that streaming space. You know, I could imagine Netflix is a bit nervous about what Microsoft's doing. You know, who knows? Game Pass, maybe it'll be Movie Pass next. The other person that I thought and the other entity, Google, well, you know, no, they're, they're hopeless. I, I got to move on from them very quickly. <laughs> then I come across this man and it did make me think. So on the screen, I have Shoei Yoshida. So if you don't know who this person is, he's currently the head of the indie effort at Sony, but he's actually now, well, previously was the first party studios head. So, you know, looking after all the big studios that are, uh, really driving some of the, the you know, competitive dis advantage that Sony has. And, you know, it kind of got me thinking. Got me thinking. Some of the stuff that this guy's been saying recently. And it got me thinking. It got into <laughs> got thinking about some stuff. And I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think, like, a single image tells me anything or what's going to happen. But this, this image really does stick with me. This idea of God of War on a Steam Deck. More and more PlayStation games coming to Steam. I okay. see where this enemy is going. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I'm thinking, hmm, Steam. Okay, very PC-centric. Don't really care about the console. Sony, very console-centric. Don't really care about the PC, but both parties kind of look at the other and go, hmm, you know, we don't want to lose our advantage in PC. Like, we're the big dogs in PC. We make billions of dollars every year. And, you know, we don't want people buying games on Epic Game Store or the Microsoft Store you know, we're keeping our eye on this Game Pass thing. This could really hurt our business. And we don't want to make a portable that just becomes a portable Game Pass machine that we're paying and losing money on every hardware unit and not getting the money on the other side. And PlayStation, you know, they're like Sony, like the PlayStation business is more than one third of all of Sony now. It's like a cash cow, but also, you know, very alarming for PlayStation to lose its position. So just got me thinking and i'm like i could see a world where sony and valve get together <laughs> and say we're gonna work together we're gonna bring our bring our worlds closer together to ward off the competitors and my view is why not why couldn't you have this you could have potentially a subscription service <laughs> combining some of the best valve and sony libraries having day one exclusives on playstation 5 and pc having cloud saving between the two and you have this massive library of PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games and PlayStation 3 games. Imagine if you could bring a bunch of these on Steam directly and vice versa on the PlayStation, portably on the Steam Deck and then maybe even a light version of Steam itself on the PlayStation 5 and the future of Sony could potentially be in, to be in bed with uh, Valve and Steam. So... Mm. That is my pitch to save Sony. This is my idea. I like it. Any questions? Any challenges? Yeah, I still don't flaws? get the analogy with with David and Goliath. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> no, but I, that's okay. Uh, Other than that, I think it's flawless. I, I've got a couple of uh, <laughs> things. Though. First of all, 
this is assuming that Sony needs saving, right? They're obviously yeah, yeah. very, very well established. Well, to um, be fair, though, they did lose like like 20% of their market cap the, in a single day, like when also, the announcement happened. So. Also, the question of the enemy is my... Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Valve has actually been pretty... Um, in the past, been actually worked very well with Microsoft and actually been very... Uh, complimentary if that's sure. not complimentary but like they're yeah. actually like praising them in the past so sure. now obviously that's front versus you know behind the scenes so i was just it's for them for valve to be considered an enemy microsoft is just a bit of a weird concept but i like the i do like the pitch though yeah so. but i would say that it was easy for valve to be very friendly with microsoft when they need microsoft if microsoft said mm. hey steam we don't like what they're doing on their platform something about it is a bit dodgy. So you can no longer install Steam on Windows, right? Hmm. Like their business goes uh, like almost under straight away, right? It's massive for them. So I get what you're saying, but it is in their interest, in their corporate interest to be cool with Sony. They've got way Hmm. more to lose. Sorry, with Microsoft. They've Hmm. got way more to lose than vice versa, right? And this Hmm. is also prior to a world of like Microsoft executing well in the game distribution space on and Windows, still even they own it. So. They are like, no, but it's changing with Windows 11, dude. Like, they're building in, Hopefully. basically, they're building in Xbox into Windows 11 at a first world level, right? So there is a possibility. People look at it and go, oh, Minecraft, yeah, I can buy that there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it grows out of there, Game Pass. So, like, as friendly as they might be, like, honestly, from a corporate level, they are an enemy, 100%. They're probably the number one enemy of, like, Steam, of Valve now, so... Amazing pitch, love the graphics. Um, at some point, I thought you were going to say that getting the Ashen Mist Heart off the Ancient Dragon was going to be the way to save Sony, um, but you, you swerved me there. Um, so I appreciate that Dark Souls Two inclusion. But very well, I, I love very it. cool. I loved it, yeah, and oh. I love I love the presentation itself, the graphics, and the it, for podcast readers. Please check it out. <laughs> podcast readers. Can we uh, listeners? Maybe, maybe we I'm should really call tired. the show podcast readers. <laughs> to, to the podcast readers. All right, yes, well, but podcast readers. Oh, right I was, I was actually hoping. I was hoping you guys would attack <laughs> me more for this thing. So No, I okay. think it's cool. I think, and I, I think it's awesome that you took the time to actually do something like this. I think it's awesome. Sony I don't it. know if it's enough, but... Enough, enough. What do you mean? As like... in, I think Sony might, they could probably do some more partnerships, but mm. I think this is a great, great one to, well, to kick I, things off. I just think it's like a left field thing. I think it's like, yeah. I, I, look, I haven't seen someone talk about it. I haven't seen someone mm. put it out there in the universe. So, you know, future people, when Sony and, and, uh, and Valve have announced this massive partnership and then they go, some weird dude on the internet predicted this and laid out the, the idea. Well, I'm going to say, I told you so. You're never going to hear the end of I told you so. God, if that happens, you're going to be the most unsufferable person to be around <laughs> oh, for like man. six months. I think we need to not do a podcast for six months. I'm going to change my name to the Sony Valve guy. <laughs> to the prophets. Yeah, here are my future pitches. <laughs> I'll have them on Patreon as exclusive episodes. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, let's wrap up the show. Uh, so I'm going to go back to my notes now. Uh, next week, we have Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah. I'm flagging this right now. I might be struggling to hit the Earthbound timing, but we'll have to chat about that offline. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm like right at the end of Chrono Trigger. So like many thoughts. I, and like similar to Mike, this is uh, the first time I've played it. I, I missed mm. this game, even though this is considered by many not only the best SNES game ever, 
the best game ever. So it's been uh, very interesting wow. playing it. Mm. Anything else we're covering in the show next week, Swinay? Uh, oh, uh, nothing off the top of my head. RP, RPG golf. RP, now you're mm. saying RPG golf. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the. RPG. No, you. I am the RP golf dude. You are the RPG golf dude. <laughs> and no, Swinney is just the said, pronouncing it properly. He says dude. both. No, he says both. No, I, I just messed it up last week. You don't say the G. Come on. So you don't RPG say R- golf. Wait, you no, say no, I'm RP just saying. Golf. I'm so, I reckon it's RP golf is the best way to say it. I, I know how you meant to say golf. It. I now know how you meant to say Role playing golf legend. Mm, fair enough. Fair okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like it's settled. Fair enough. Mm. It's settled. All right. Well, I'm with, not that, say that. <laughs> with that, bye bye. Ciao. See ya.